1: Hey, everybody, Tuesday is here. Best night of
0: the week. Dave McKenna, Blaine Fowler were the wise guys. Man, we have missed everybody because it feels like forever. A lot's gone on since Halloween. It feels like forever since we've been here. And we're live tonight, and we want you on our live stream, and we'll try to talk back at as many as reach out to us. This is the number one BYU sports live stream show in the entire world. And a guy texted me today and said, I got a question. How many global live stream BYU shows are there? And I said, well, I think you can figure that out, and we're number one. There you go.
1: (laughs) So, hey, make sure you follow us on YouTube. We'll put the link in the chat. Um, hit the subscribe button because it's free. Also live on Facebook, Twitch, and ysguys.com. Especially make sure you subscribe at our website, which is ysguys.com, uh, because you get the weekly email and highlights from the show, past interviews, all of that kind of stuff, You know, including folks like Steve Young and Marie Osmond Sherry Du. It's a also, wide range. You also can get an alert when we go live. Yeah. So if you forgot about it, all of a sudden you get an alert. My wife, a couple weeks ago, I I just got an alert, and I was like, oh, yeah, we were just reminding you. And you didn't know where I was? I was
0: getting ready to do the show. It's better than a um, you know a missing persons alert, which scares everybody because everyone's phone goes ringing in the house when it's an amber alert. This is just a friendly wise guys alert. But, hey, take a look at our shirts. Uh, yeah. We want to thank Dave and Debbie Talbot. Remember, they were the alumni chairs in, in the Austin area uh, leading up to the BYU-Texas game, and we had them on the show, and this is what they were given out at their tailgate, and we said, man, we would love those shirts, and then yesterday a package came, and uh, the Talbots are watching tonight, and we're wearing these Texas Coug shirts with tremendous pride. Thank you for sending them. Thanks for participating on the Wise Guys with us and, and letting all the alumni in the great state of Texas know that we exist, and, um, and again, thanks for being on the show a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, we were glad to have you, and we're glad to have these shirts. We always like gear. Yeah, so everybody likes, gear. especially BYU gear. Yeah, and this
0: has got the, it's got, it's got the sailor coog. Of course, it's the state of Texas and uh, rise and shout. It's got the and white song words And people there. wear
1: this not just because it's fashion, but because they're loyal to the Cougs. Like, I we've been in Europe three times this summer, so we were in Croatia and then we were in uh, Barcelona and then we were in Amsterdam. And I'm from New York. I kept seeing Yankees hats everywhere. And I would go up to people and I would say, Are you a Yankees fan? And they would go, What they didn't even know what I was talking about.
2: <laughs> I was like,
1: So why are you wearing the hat? And and it it's just a fashion thing. Like a Yankees emblem is a fashion thing. Um, all over the world. Yeah. But that's not this is the BYU, the Stretch Y, and the yeah. Cougs, and the this is the old school um, Cosmo. We need to get some wise guys yeah, you gear You wear this stuff not because it's it's a fashion icon, because you are loyal, strong, and true is why you wear this.
0: Hey, before we get to the tease of a great show tonight, let me get to Alex's question right out of the gate. Uh, any idea why Nani Fawatea and uh, Ariel Mackey-Williams and Jenna Asai didn't play today? Uh, Nani's hurt. She'll be out a few weeks. Mackie Williams to our ACL. She's out for the year. And Jenna Asai had some challenges in the off season, and she's back home in Oregon not with the program uh, working on that. And uh, serious stuff that we wish her the very best. Uh, and and uh, Amber Whiting and her staff still in touch with her and all of that. But uh, she's not on the roster. That's why yeah. those three you'll, you'll didn't see play today. eventually, so – and they won today, we'll have some more on that yep. coming up. Yep. We'll, we'll talk about BYU in West Virginia, which is still a thorn in the side. Austin Colley's going to be here in just a bit, and he's going to explain, well, he'll share what he thinks about Jake Retzloff's debut as the BYU quarterback, and should he play Saturday. We'll get Austin Colley's take on yep.
1: that. Yeah, and then uh, we'll we'll preview the Iowa State game. Um, we've got some sound from Kalani Satake. I'm bouncing back. Um so we'll, we'll give you all of that as we do every week as we get you ready for game day on Saturday. We also have game day on Friday, you and I have, oh, too. Yeah. So.
0: There's a lot going on. Women's soccer, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, they're playing on Friday here in Provo. They could play up to four home games and then go to, like, the final four. So you defend your home field, you're going to the show. Details on that, and, and uh, we've got a particularly large basketball game. Yeah,
1: big game on Friday against... Uh, one of BYU's great rivals, and that's San Diego State. The Aztecs come into town. Uh, number seventeen in the country. Remember, this is the Aztec team that played in the national championship game last year. Pretty cool. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So the place Brian Dutch and his staff, um, who we've been close to for a number of years, will will be in town. We'll get a chance to go to practice and visit with them on Friday, and then we'll go with Mark Pope to his practice and visit with him. And we'll have all ready to go for you when they tip it off, as you and I will call that game on ESPN Plus. Big announcement, beginning December
0: 4th, which is just around the corner, uh, that Wise Guys is moving to Monday nights, and that's where we're going to stay. With Big 12 basketball, the schedule is Saturday, Tuesday. So we're calling most of the games, and we don't want to compete against ourselves. And Monday just seems like a really cool night to gather the world, Mm -hmm. kind of like a global family night uh, for our, our live stream show. So we're moving to Monday on December 4th. Take note, tell your friends, please adjust your lives. Monday night, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, beginning on December 4th. And our first guest for a Monday night, at least one of
1: them, it will be Doug Wilkes, the editor of the Deseret News. Yep, there you go. And that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. I, and and when we announced this uh, last week, um, a lot of the folks in the chat said, yeah, Monday seems like that'll be good. Like that'll be a good, a good night for everybody, maybe even easier than Tuesday night. So we hope that that's the case. And we hope you'll adjust uh, your schedules and join us. So. And then it's an extra day for our podcast to be out, right. and for us to spread. The and the nice part is, is during basketball season, and this is what kind of facilitated yeah. our thinking. When we when we find when we started this show, we didn't know what the Big Twelve basketball schedule was going to look like, and it's it's a Saturday Tuesday schedule. So, and we have a bunch of games. We've got seventeen total this year um, on on the package, the Big Twelve package, um, and there are a bunch of Tuesday games. And you can't be two places at once. We've tried. We, We sometimes do, do, like if we tape in the afternoon, and then all of a sudden we're in two places, but it's not real.
0: Like we just got off the air on BYU TV, and then all of a sudden, voila. Wow, we're here. Here we are. So, yeah, there's the magic of pre-recording. You can do
1: it back-to-back, but you can't. uh, And we like being live. Yeah, we like like being live. So Monday night will give us an opportunity in basketball season especially to review Saturday night's game and to preview Tuesday night's uh, game each week. Um, and it'll, it'll work out great for a thing, even in the, even in the fall. It'll be nice to yeah. have reactions on weekend. Monday right after a Saturday football game, right?
0: Yes, and one thing we do not know is the television information for the Oklahoma game, which is a week from Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Fox and ESPN are probably going to release that late Saturday night or Sunday after the weekend's game, so uh, next Tuesday we'll be previewing Oklahoma are we, are we with Max for, Hall.
1: Are we hoping for a n-
0: night game? you know what if we live through this saturday's night game with the temperatures dropping we're uh, in our big parkas on the post-game we, show we might we might uh, but i say absolutely
1: the way the team plays at night in provo the at home at night is i mean at night has been t- particularly good but it wasn't so good this last week no no um, nothing was in fact and so so on the road maybe not so much but at home at night and here's the thing it could be cold at night two weeks from now and Weren't we kind of hoping it was going to be cold when Oklahoma rolled in? Yeah,
0: there? yeah, but we're cold too when the other team's cold.
1: Yeah, but our guys live in this. <laughs> they practice inside when it gets yeah, cold. Yeah, although I think on that kind of a week, if it's going to be bad, Kalani will take them out to ha- have them get a little bit of exposure yeah, I to that. Hope so, and if you're down practicing Oklahoma, what are you going to do? Yeah, you, you take them out, but it's not going to be cold. It's not going to be cold. So, hey, uh,
0: speaking of West Virginia. They pounded BYU thirty seven to seven. There's just a couple of things we want to hit on that I think are important. The Cougars were outrushed three hundred and thirty six yards to sixty seven. Seven yards a carry for the for the other guys. Mm -hmm. We broke it all down on after further review, which you can watch any time. Sure. If you uh, missed it, go watch it because we we
1: we talked through and showed some things on video about what was going on defensively. we Can't really do here, but make sure you go back and watch AFR if you want to know what was going on. And what does everyone
0: think of Jake Retzlaff? Go ahead and tell us on the live stream, and I'll get your thoughts here, Blaine. In his first start since junior college, he was 24 of 42, 210 yards, no interceptions, no touchdowns. He rushed 10 times for 26. He showed to me signs of life, mobile arm, uh, live arm, mobile runner, uh, moxie, some creativity, and this is not a knock on Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis is a veteran, well-tested, 11,000 yards, and all these touchdowns. Jake is just different, and different, I think, is going to be really good down the road. Does different good as we sit here on this Tuesday looking at Iowa State?
1: Yeah, it different didn't make any difference Saturday, right? Right. Um, because they still didn't score. Like in – the game, you know, the, the final score is 37-7, but did they score? They scored a garbage touchdown with four minutes left in the game or whatever it was with their seconds in. So so that it was a meaningless touchdown. During the time of the game when they needed to score, they had zero points. And so there, there some really great things. Like I'm not taking away from what Jake did. In his first appearance, the thing that I look for is, does this young guy take care of the ball at this level? Yeah. Is he going to turn, turn it over? He's going to run around, try to make plays, and force the ball in where he shouldn't force the ball? And he didn't do that. He was careful with the ball. Um, I was looking to see, does his arm translate to this level? We saw him on film in junior college, but the spaces are smaller. You know, the the guys can break faster on D. Oh, he has all the arm strength he needs. He, he can run around. So his raw skill set on display gives me a great hope for down the road. Um but this is this is the thing it proved to me and I keep saying this. Didn't matter who was playing quarterback, they still couldn't score. Couldn't run, so, couldn't block. Zero, zero touchdowns. Yeah. Right? Um until the end of that game and remember they had been on a 10 quarter drought. Um and that drought continued until the game was well in hand in this one they finally finally get a touchdown. And so all of those things that we just said that we loved in Jake Reslif had no impact on the offense. Yeah. They didn't go rack up a bunch of yards either. Um, they moved the ball in spurts, but they were inconsistent, and they didn't finish drives, and and that's been their problem, and especially in recent weeks. And so, a um, lot of good things to take away from the way he played, a lot of hopeful good things for the future as he becomes the guy, but it didn't solve the problem that's been going on in the last couple weeks. With the inability of this team to run the football and the inability to finish drives and score.
0: Let's get some reaction from our live streams. First of all, Christy is checking in from Maui uh, on vacation watching the wise guys. It's cold and rainy here in Provo. Yeah, so Christy, We man. hope the beach is treating you well. Uh, and now on to some reactions. Uh, Joel says, well, um, uh, Cougars are still on track to have the worst Russian game dating back to post-World War II. That is true
1: uh ruthie we love Retzlav. he's a mover and a shaker yeah he, he he is mobile yeah um and he's got he's got a big arm he's got a quick release like like i said ross skill set look look great he's got some things that you know they can harness and do a lot of good things with um but we got you got to go back and go did did they blow up the yard all of a sudden were they able to have 455 yards of total offense like the old BYU? Did they score any points? Did They, they didn't do no. any of those things.
0: Joel says, Jake, the guy now, that his team needs to get their heads right. Howard, in from Anchorage, says Jake was definitely a positive. Quick mm-hmm. decision, strong arm, good runner. I, I loved, if they're going to run that pass to the boundary uh, and then the receiver catches it and runs upfield, I love
1: that it gets to him faster. Yep. And, and that thing was noticeable. Yeah, and... And I like the the other thing you look for in young quarterbacks. When he did scramble, um, does he keep his head up and is he looking downfield? Or does he go through a quick progression and go, I'm just running this thing and tuck it and run? And he did the former, not the latter. Like, he kept his eyes downfield. He made a couple of really nice plays on the run. Hey, I'm not throwing a wet blanket on on Slip. He was great, Right. For for a guy that, that's in there. You're just painting some reality. What, but what I'm just saying to folks is, yeah, he's a different style. He runs around. Um, he's got a great skill set. But there's some things that need to be fixed on this offense for this offense to be better. Um, and it, you know what it shows me? That Keaton Slovis wasn't the problem. No. Because you just changed the quarterback to a completely different style and they still couldn't score.
0: Richard says the run game's not working because the O-line is not opening holes. That line has to has been surprisingly weak this year, and that certainly hasn't mattered who the quarterback was. Right,
1: and that, and that to me is the biggest issue with this offense this year. Read what and, uh, David says. Yeah, and David says, I understand the disappointment right now, but before the season started, I believe that if BYU could get bowl eligible, that would be successful first Big 12 season. This is still possible. Go kooks. And you know what, David's actually 100% right. We talked about this mm-hmm. off the air and a little bit on the air. Uh, people forget the over-under that Vegas set was 4.5 wins. And so they're already past that. If they can get Iowa State at home and get to six, then who knows if they play loose. It's funny. If you would have asked me four weeks ago, which is more likely of an upset at the end of the season, BYU going into Oklahoma State and beating Oklahoma State or getting Oklahoma at home, I would have said, no chance they're getting Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma is flying high. And Oklahoma State, they're really down. They're not playing well. Well, that's reversed in the last three weeks. Oklahoma State's playing phenomenal and Oklahoma doesn't look in you know unbeatable and it, would it would I be surprised if if BYU got Iowa State Friday night that wouldn't surprise me. They're an underdog but a 6.5 and for some reason BYU creates a lot more turnovers and takes care of the ball better at home. Yeah. Um, for sure. They're undefeated in conference play at home and they're defeated in conference play on the road. They haven't won a game on and the they're road. They've gotten pounded
0: on the road. Yeah. But they've turned the ball over on the and road. They
1: turn the ball over on the road and they don't force as many turnovers. No. And then when they come home, they force turnovers and they take care of the ball for some reason. And so that wouldn't surprise me at all for them to win. In fact, I expect them to win Friday. Or Saturday. W- or Saturday. Would I ex- would I be surprised if they beat Oklahoma the following? Not the way they've looked. Not the way I, the Sooners have looked. I, I'm gonna admit, I would be surprised. But I won't be flabbergasted. That's, like, not out of the realm of the possibility. I'd actually be flabbergasted if they beat Oklahoma State on the road, the way they're, Oklahoma yeah. State's playing and the way BYU's playing on the road. Nathan
0: so. uh, Crook, we see you on the live stream. Glad to have you with us from Michigan tonight. Yeah. Glenn is on from the Philippines. Loves home games. And we all love home games. BYU <laughs> plays better <laughs> The players love home games. Kalani loves home games. And the last two games have been on the road, and they've been brutal. And now you got to come home for two in a row – and a chance to kind of get some energy back, some momentum, play a little harder, a little crisper. And um, I, I, I like our chances on Saturday night. No one's gonna the Iowa State's no paper tiger. They come in five and four, but four and two in the league. They got wins against Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. TCU, Cincinnati, and Baylor, and losses at against Oklahoma. And Kansas last week, they lost by a touchdown. But uh,
1: no one's coming in here to take a knee in the Big 12. No. And, and it, uh, from you, top to bottom, it's a whole different deal. You
0: should enter the field scared to death every time. Like, if it doesn't, every game requires their very best effort. If you if you go, hey, I think we got this one. You don't have this one. And you get punched right in the mouth. Any,
1: any team can beat any other team in this league if they don't keep, take care of the ball. And and then yeah. momentum builds when you're not taking care of the ball and you get short fields and easy points. And any team in this league can beat any other team. Like perfect case in point. BYU did a pretty good job. Like BYU and that Texas tech game pretty much seemed like they were handling them. Like I never I never felt like, man, BYU's not gonna I felt like BYU had that game um, and and felt like they could compete and had the upper hand and we're we're gonna win that kind of all along. And they did, right? And TCU, they're on the road, and it's just like, what in the world is going on here? They they can't. It's like they can't even play football. And then Texas Tech and TCU just played this last week, and Texas Tech wins. Yeah, it's, at home. It's hard Texas to figure it out. Texas Tech at home, right? And this league is interesting. Teams are so much better at home than they are on the road, which is which is not surprising. So I did one. Um. Uh, the the one question about the offensive line where they're not opening holes. It's an interesting thing. We really took an in-depth look at the video the last couple of weeks and their inability to run it. You would be surprised if you had a chance to watch the All-22 and just watch the blocking of how how much of a percent. How do I just see this? I want to say this right. The percentage of times that it is a mental error, like they're just not blocking the right people. And there are a few times when they get beat, they have bad leverage and a guy beats them. Like Texas is... Yeah, when Paul Miley, who's really good, gets one on one on a reach block on Texas's three hundred and sixty five pound defensive tackle, that's a design flaw in my my opinion. Yeah. You can't expect him to reach block a three hundred sixty five pound dude. Nobody in the country reach blocks that guy. So there's a design failure, and he was in the backfield a bunch. You got double that guy every play. Everybody does. Um, so that's not an indictment on BYU's line. Um, and there were a few times like they're leveraging wrong and they get beat. But there are so many times when we're looking at the front and we're going, okay, this has to be a Ringo call. There's three on the right. They have to slide right. And you see somebody make a call and two guys slide right and one guy slides left and a guy's completely like, it's not like he beat anybody. They didn't touch him. Yeah, We, we had one of those that we, uh, we diagnosed and, and diagrammed on AFR tonight. And it's just like there's way too many plays like that throughout the course of a game for BYU offensively um, to just go, oh, well, it it has got to be fixed. And and if the guys can't execute what you're wanting them to execute because mentally they're not doing what they're supposed to do, you might have to play a player with less talent that knows what they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we've got a couple of questions uh, we're going to deal with later in the show on the Cougar Board question of the week, which is just about what you're talking about. Iowa State averages 23.6 points a game. They allow 20.7. BYU averages 22.9, and they allow 26.9. You know what that
1: tells me? They're about a possession apart from each other. Yeah, and that's what the line is, right? And and it seems to me like BYU matches up better uh, against this type of team. So Iowa State for years in this conference, and again this year, hangs their hat on defense. This is a top 30 defense in the country, really. If you if you take a, a blending of all the metrics, it's a top 30 defense, which is – if you're top 30 defense, you're really good defensively. They're physical, they're tough. Um, you know, it's, it's the typical Midwest team that you think of. They're very Big Ten-like, you know what I mean? But they've struggled on offense, especially the last couple of years. And they make mistakes. And, and they continue to struggle on offense this year. Um, and so here's what's happened with BYU. For BYU's offense, it doesn't seem to matter whether the defense is terrible or good. They struggle to move the ball. Yeah. But... But when the other team's offense is struggling, BYU's defense does a good job of shutting them down. Remember, BYU's taken some pretty good runners this year that came in this game, averaging in that game averaging 6 to 7 yards a carry and held them to 3. So, it, you know, I, I like the matchup. I like it at home. I like it at night. I like it that Iowa State hangs their hat on defense. Don't get me wrong. They're solid on offense, and they have athletes. They're balanced, but they're not crazy explosive like Kansas or yeah. TCU. Um, so I, th- I think BYU's defense will rise the occasion. They had a lot of mistakes Saturday. With they were really struggling with being gap sound defensively against the run game. Didn't really like we watched a bunch of film today, Dave, and you were watching with us. There were a few times they got pushed around, which happens in a game. But it wasn't a massive they got pushed around. They were really for the first time this year out of alignment and out of assignment. Yeah, you over don't have and over to again.
0: get pushed around when you're not around.
1: Right when you're in the
0: completely wrong place, doesn't even matter if they push you. Right. There's a question from David. We're going to hear from Kalani here in just a second. Then Austin Colley is going to join us live here uh, in just a few minutes. David says, Question. I always like a a response that says, starts with the word question, because then you're
1: All right. Here we go, David. Uh,
0: Better to play veterans who know what to do but are struggling, or play younger guys knowing that they will whiff it often
1: but will learn fast. So here's the question If they're struggling because they're physically not good enough, that's a whole different story because typically your veterans are the ones that, and you say they know what they're doing. The problem for BYU right now is some of the veterans are the ones that are making mental, er- mental errors. Yeah, a lot of them. So they're not they're not acting like veterans, right? Um, if, if you expect them to not yeah, do that, so if that's the case, you might as well play a young up and comer that's going to make the same mistakes. Now, if if the way you phrased it is, the veteran knows what to do, but they're struggling. I don't. The only case that that would be there would be they're struggling because they're physically not good. So if they're physically not as good as the guy behind them and they're not capable of competing, then they shouldn't even be in there in the first place. But
0: sometimes they are, at BYU especially, because maybe the guy who's young is back from a mission and trying to get his, uh, you know, is not ready for prime time. Um, and, uh, And sometimes, you know, there are some linemen in there where you sit there and scratch your head and go, uh kind of thought you'd be better than that yeah and, and over and over and over so maybe you throw a freshman in there instead of a junior if,
1: transfer if it's a physical thing and they're and you're just like hey they've gone downhill they're out of shape they're you play the young guy right um if if it's a mental thing there's no excuse for a veteran to not mentally know what they're doing
0: right, right? no so, excuse that
1: doesn't mean they don't do that but there's right. no excuse no but for I'm talking that. about over and over again yeah like because everybody makes a mental error once in a while, even the best, right? Even Tom Brady occasionally would make a bad throw. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a veteran that's making the same mistakes over and over and over again. At some point, you just sit them. Yeah. You have to sit I agree. Them. I agree. So, uh,
0: Dr. Ketch says, hey, West Virginia, they came out super pumped after halftime. Kalani has a way of doing that, uh, including Kalani. But it dissolved in about a minute. What up? I'll tell you what up a holding call on a kickoff return. Yeah. So instead of a touchdown, you're back starting at your 10-yard line, first possession out of the break. And as you see on, on AFR tonight, it was a holding call on Isaiah Glasgow that didn't have to happen. It was behind the play. And that was just a gut punch and uh, a momentum changer. After And you, you got to know Kalani was in there firing up the troops. Yeah. Go out there and represent. They go out and they represent. And everybody did a great job on that kickoff return, including um, Marion, who showed off his speed and went yeah, down we, for the touchdown. Yeah, we finally got to see him. But a holding call we said— We finally
1: had to see him turn it on and go. Hold everything. You guys aren't doing anything tonight. And it's so discouraging because that holding call started off as a really good leverage block, exactly where he was supposed to be. And then the as the, as the return man, Marion, went by and was now passed, grabbed onto the sleeve and threw the guy on the ground. And got a holy call. It had no impact on the play whatsoever. Like, there was no reason to do it. And those are the types of plays where you're just like, ugh. And you'll remember a couple weeks ago the peel peel back blindside block on the the interception return that went to the nine-yard line against Texas and could have changed momentum. And it's like, why are you even throwing that block? Like, that player has zero chance to make a play on the return guy. So don't even touch him. Don't risk anything. No. Don't touch him. So there, there's been some of those this year, too. Those are those are mental
0: errors. Here's a question from Les. Hey, guys. And Les is joining us from New Mexico. Right. Um, I'm seeing that this is not a being in the Big 12 problem. Many of the difficulties we're seeing were showing up in earlier games. We've been through the bye week. Things didn't get fixed. This is this turning into a program culture problem? Um, probably... The, They did have all those issues in the earlier games, but they were playing less superior teams and they won those games. Yeah, they didn't play great against Sam Houston and beat them. They didn't play great against Southern Utah and beat them. They played good enough at Arkansas and that was a a good victory. But um, I think what we're seeing the last two weeks is why there's a bit of panic in the land is that those problems, while unfixed, are now being totally exposed by teams who are really good.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, they're and that's much, why
0: you're 35-7 or 6 the, the or 37 Yeah, the running to seven.
1: backs you're playing right now, um, for instance, if you're out of your gap, these guys have great vision. Like, if I in the cutback lane, and there's supposed to be somebody in the A, B, C, and D gap, and somebody's not in the C gap? Guess where I'm running? I'm running the C gap, and I'm getting 15 yards or more, right? And uh, you might get away with that playing inferior talent. Um, and the, the problem is, is when you're playing against uh, Neil from Kansas – it's not a five-yard run. It's sixty-five yards for six when yeah. you're out of your gap. And right. Those, those runners went, uh, right. Saturday were all yeah. over the place. Now, and here's the thing: we we we, we got to keep in mind. Um, Neil was held way below his average, and and West Virginia, I, you got we got to have a little bit of perspective on defense here. They had two hundred eighty-five yards rushing the week before. They're one of the top rushing teams in the country. If BYU would have held them to 200 yards or 225, I actually would have been happy with that. And everybody probably would be going, jaw, they just gave up said But that's what they do, right. and and they're good at it. And that's what they do against everybody.
0: 346. If, that was over the. But top.
1: 346 was like, okay, what is going on? That's that's 140 too much, right? But I would have been fine with 200 against that team, sure. Which. I would never be okay with anybody but Air Force being over 200 in the old Mountain West, right? Yeah. It's just it's just it's a, just a different level of football. And if you're playing not not this year because they're playing a freshman quarterback, but if you're playing Texas Tech over the last couple of years when they have NFL caliber quarterbacks, I'm okay if those guys throw for 400 yards, just not 600. Right? Because teams are going to score in this league. And we've been saying this since before this season. This defense can play great and and give up 28 to 30 points a game. Play great. That's what happens in this league. And, and you have to score in the mid-30s th- to win. And BYU's offense, it's... And, and the defense has been pretty solid for the most part. This last week was a was a little bit of a step back. Yeah, And, and you know, we got to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've bounced back when they've had a rough game. And they've played really well. Um, and they've created turnovers as good as anybody in the country. So I'm not that much on the defense other than they did some bonehead things this, this week over and over again, a few players that really cost them. But but the offense, we're, this is not just this year. This stretches into last year, and the defense that just gave up 37. What if, what if BYU's offense scored 21 in this game? Do you think, I'm asking you folks out there, what if BYU's offense actually had some drives and sustained some drives and scored 21 in that game? Do, do you think that that West Virginia football team would score 37?
0: Well, it's hard to say because they just scored whenever they wanted, but momentum would have been a little bit different. Momentum changes. The, the defense would have is, felt yeah. a little bit different.
1: They've, and the pressure on them is different when they've got to come out yeah. and match scores. And if you, if, if you keep up with them, they're feeling like they've got to score. That offense stepped out there, West Virginia. And I guarantee you the guys are like just you know what? Just just play our game. Just run the ball. We don't even have to throw it. We don't even need to score another. T- hey, we're up 14. We don't even need to score again, and we're going to beat this team because this team can't score. It's it's a whole different field. Yeah. And if BYU scores scoring 21, they probably win the time of possession battle because they weren't that far off as it was. If they were finishing drives, they would have had the ball longer. That's fewer possessions for West Virginia. I promise you, if BYU scores 21, they do not score 37. It's impossible. And, and BYU might still lose that game. But they might lose it 28 to 21 or four, 24 to 21, and we'd be going, dang, they played well on the road. But, they, but you lose 37 to 7, partly because the defense has a, a bad game assignment wise, yeah, but, but mostly because the offense cannot score. That is the main problem right now.
0: But if the defense that played Texas and gave up 35 points went to West Virginia, uh, it could have been a different result because right. they actually played good in that game but they were all over the place yeah and 35 and out of the, again
1: in this league 35 against Texas not bad and and that was with an offense that wasn't producing yeah
0: and right? they had a new quarterback and we got after him a little bit yes. but we just couldn't get any points so many things to fix unless that was a good question we got more comments coming and Austin Colley's going to join us we'll listen to uh kalani's comments uh, a bit later in the show let's bring in uh, uh, one of our uh, all-time favorites and been with us on the game day crew for a few weeks this season and one of the great receivers to ever play at BYU our friend Austin Colley and we welcome Austin back to the wise guys hello Bryce. What's up, fellas? So you, you let that beard really go since uh, since our studio work it's
3: yeah. It's uh, I'm on vacation. Forgot the trimmer. Forgot the razor. Right. So we're going a little scruff <laughs> action does, today.
1: Does um, your wife like the rugged good look like this, or does she like you clean shaven?
3: I think i think in between right you know that you know that like five o'clock <laughs> shadow i think that's kind of what she likes she didn't like it too baby face but she, i don't think she's a big fan of this right uh, here okay. neither am i it's it a little itchy
0: yeah yeah, i get it saturday night uh it's gonna be yeah, somewhere around 35 degrees clear skies cougars are gonna be in all black uniforms they're trying to embrace the night where they've mm. they've been better uh, Tap except into their for last werewolf, week their inner um, werewolf what uh before we get into all of that, um what was your experience working on game day with us? We had you for three great weeks and look forward to more down the road. Uh, did you have a good time?
3: Oh man, I had a blast, right? I mean, I, I when you get done playing, you you try and find ways to stay around the game. Yeah. And find ways as as <laughs> as uh, as much as you can find avenues that are going to allow for you to kind of talk ball. Um like I said before uh, on the show a dozen times, right? I could talk ball for hours on end as, as long as the, the audience doesn't get worn out. Right. And, uh, and I've got the platform to do it. So, uh, being on the show with you guys, you guys are nothing but great hosts. Um, it, uh, you know, it kind of filled that, uh, that part of the canteen for me.
0: Good, good. I, I thought you were great. And, uh, we look forward to more.
1: I, I've, I've always said, Austin, if they followed us around with a camera, when we're not on the air, like the whole day, like (laughs) when we're going into makeup and all the conversations we're having about the game and strategy, and we're breaking down film together, and we're doing all that. Then we're out there and then people see us for a couple of hours out there. Then we watch the game together. We're taking notes. We're breaking things down. We're demoing to each other. We're doing, and then we go on and do the post game. That would be a fun show in and of itself. Don't you think all the behind the scenes, that's part of the experience for us that we get to have on a Saturday. It's not just three hours on the air for us. It's, it's nine right. hours together, right?
3: Well, and it's and it's not work either, right? Like, I mean, you, you follow me around, uh, you know, or follow any of us around for a day with a camera, and odds are, you know, we're, we're talking ball just as if we were on the show, mm-hmm. right? Analyzing, trying to figure out what's wrong, where are the weak points, right? I mean, we're texting about that. I can't tell you how many text threads I have that are just dedicated to, you know, uh, different football topics, strategies, game planning for different teams, et cetera, right? So – um, you know, when, when you when you love football, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, kind of what you do. It's what you talk about.
0: All right, so let's talk about it. Uh, you've had a couple of days now to to soak it in. Give us your assessment of quarterback Jake Retzlaff. What do you like? What didn't you like? And what about this Saturday for the for the young guy?
3: I thought I thought Jake looked great, right? I mean, didn't you guys? I mean, I I thought I thought he was. Um, I mean, under the you know, given the circumstances for which he was in. Um, you know, and the time of the year that he came in, like I, with only a week's time to prepare, the one thing that I loved and Blaine, I'm sure you should, I'm sure, uh, I can bet everything that I've got on this, that you've noticed this as well. And Dave probably, you know, as well, but, um, the one thing that I noticed about him that, that looks or, or is a little bit different is he was able in a, what would have been a third and long situation he was able to get us in third and short with his legs, right? He was able to create and, you know, get six more yards on a broken play. Whereas in the games past, you know, if we had pressure or any amount of pressure and it was a broken play, odds are we were staying at the down and distance that we started at or even a little bit more, right? Whereas, and and that's not a knock against anybody. It's just his ability to create with his legs, and you know how quick and fast he is. That was one of the things that surprised me too, because I, you know, I'd seen him in spring ball, seen him in fall camp, and I, I maybe really didn't get to see him like open up all that much, running the ball because they never got that opportunity to. But I mean, he's 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 shifty. I mean, he's got some moves. He's got some wiggle to him, um, and that allowed him to kind of put us in some third and short situations that you know in, in games past maybe we didn't have that opportunity or didn't have that 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 capability, right?
1: Yeah, I and I, I, I like love that it. about him, and I think that I think that Aaron Roderick, if he had his choice, would like to have something. He's he's had mobile guys and Zach and yeah. Jaron guys that can move around. I, I'm gonna tell you because I know you were just get, getting ready to get on with this. Here, here's what I said, and I and I know that if you don't agree with this, you'll just call me on it, and we can do that with each other, right? So, yep, yep, yep. I said. I loved how live his arm was. I loved that he seemed to get the ball out with confidence. When he made a decision, he just threw it in there. Love his mobility. Yep. Love that when he um, starts to scramble, he keeps his eyes downfield and finds some guys down there. Um, I said, so that all gives me great hope for the future. I said, but it didn't change the offense because they still didn't get any yards and they still didn't score a stinking touchdown until garbage time. I said, so to me, it, it didn't solve the problem. It gave me great hope for the future that he can be part of the solution because he's I was very impressed I really love the way he took care of the ball but inherently that's not what's wrong with the offense because it didn't no. fix it right so it, do you no. agree with that no. disagree with it like t- t- talk to uh, me about this
3: a uh, 100% right that you you brought up something that that was that was also a great kind of positive with with um uh uh with the new QB and that is you know he he got the ball out extremely quick right he's got he's got a cannon for an arm i, I think i heard on the on the game that he's a, a ex, ex shortstop right uh maybe maybe played some college baseball that could be true or false i don't know but but uh, he got the ball out of his hand quick which is definitely helps right especially when you have some of those quick throws that that maybe we've been a little bit indecisive on in the past but uh the the what just like you said blaine the one takeaway that i had was Yeah, the the quarterback, and and we all knew this, right? The quarterback is not the issue with this offense, right? Like, Keaton is a great, great college quarterback. He's very good. Now, although he may not be able to do what, what, uh, uh, can do, can do on his, with his legs, right? Keaton still has got a live arm. He's, he's, he's uh, incredibly talented. He's got a high IQ. Um, but as we've seen, it's, it's not just the quarterback that's the issue. Uh, and, and that's, you know, typically who we like to point to when we're going through rough patches with the offense, either him or the offense coordinator. But I think the problem is it's got many layers and it's got many depths going on with what the offense is, is happening with the offense. Right. I think it all starts with, with the offensive line, right. And, and, assignments, right. Knowing their assignments. Um, sometimes it looks, you know, like we're a little confused on, on who we're blocking at times. Right. I think there was one clip that, uh, that I had saw that, you know, they were bringing pressure off the left side. We had, uh, they only brought like uh, I think a four man pressure, pressure. It was a late late pressure from the middle linebacker. He was the fourth guy, and we had three on one backs. Uh, yeah, on, on the front side of the play, and then we had you know uh, I think four on two on uh, on the on the, uh, the back side, right? And and then one guy, you know, the late blitz pressure rush came through and and, and got in clean, right, with nobody taking him freaking him up, and you almost wonder. OK, are, are we making things a little bit too complex for these guys to be able to execute? That's and a great point. Play yeah. ball, right. Um, because at times it just it kind of looks like they're lost. But it's again, it's not just the offensive line. Right. Like it's a whole uh, a variety of different underlying issues that I, that I don't think you can solve in a week's time or during a season. Right. Uh, we got new transfers coming in. Right. Uh, new guys that have never been in this offense before and and are still trying to get a hang of the or, or a hold of the playbook. Right. That's something that no one ever talks about when we talk about transfer portal uh, and, and all the benefits. Well, you, you don't talk about uh, the the cons of that situation, which is now you got to teach him a playbook and expect them to play with only, you know, two months time in the playbook and not having any time with their quarterbacks or with, you know, uh, uh, their offensive line coach and teaching what's proper technique fits that game plan or fits that uh uh, uh, you know, uh, those schemes. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, again, I, I think it's a, it's a, uh, uh, an aggregate or, or collective type of underlining uh, of multiple underlining issues that, that is, uh, you know, Austin, you know, there that's, was, that's the issue.
1: There's uh, on opening day, we talked about this a little bit ago, a couple weeks ago um, BYU lined up seven starters that were first year transfers on offense. Is that too many?
3: I think so, man. I mean, that's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's something and, and I've said this on, on, you know, I said this on the game day, the, the game day show many of times. Right. But there's something about the the camaraderie of a team and, and being around a team for so long that you just kind of get in the groove together. Right. And then when you pull all these guys in from different parts and, and they've been taught different things, different techniques, they haven't been part of the system, right. Uh, receivers and quarterbacks don't have that, that, that timing down. Um, that, uh, that, a, a same quarterback would have for even being there two years or, or three years in the same system, right? The anticipation is gone from a quarterback going to a receiver because they haven't had enough reps with that individual. And it's just not at the quarterback receiver from, but it's, uh, you know, from a, from a, you know, every position group, every position room, you know, that's why the teams that, that typically do well, I mean, this is even down to pop order, the teams that stay together and do well, you know, they, they build up this camaraderie and this like, uh, uh, this comfort, uh, and and getting on the same wavelength as everybody on the offense. And and you start to generate this, this single, uh, I don't know, like, like the single ideology or the single, uh, I'm blanking on the word, but you know, you, you have this, this collective effort, right. Um, And you all understand what's expected of you, what the game plan is going in, you know, going into the off season going into camp of what the you know the playbook looks like you know you're not spending time, all that time installing from day one anymore right which i'm sure they had to do um you can start advancing in the playbook because you uh, you feel confident and trust that all the new players or all the players that you've had of the past understand the playbook well enough at least the fundamental aspect of it to start getting deeper into the playbook and adding and being more creative in the playbook right so again it's not necessarily it's not on the oc either right it's not on a rod either right i, I think it's It's a a bunch of little things that add up to one big thing, which is what we're seeing on the field.
0: I think what drives people nuts and we're visiting with Austin Colley on the Wise Guys live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch and wiseguys.com. And we see that on our live stream tonight and people we talk to uh, with 36 quarters into trying to figure all this out. And we still haven't figured it out and when we, like on AFR tonight, we pointed out challenges that, that are going on that that are real. And they allowed West Virginia to do a lot of things. And, and we played 36, all these new guys have played 36 quarters of football. Now, not all of them together, but that's a lot of football. And yet the same mistakes are still showing up. So then... Our our viewers are like, okay, who, who we gotta, who are we gonna put the finger on it? It's 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 gotta be his fault or, or his fault, and and yeah. that's where we get into the finger pointing, uh, because we're at this stage of the season, like a lot of teams, and they still haven't figured it out.
3: Yeah, I mean, and here here's the other thing is, you know, it, it's, it, you you can't help but think, okay, maybe the outside. The outside pressures, the outside environment of this constant talk that the offense isn't delivering doesn't have something to do with it as well, right? I mean, they live in a community where they're constantly surrounded by their fans, constantly surrounded by uh, uh, those that are are criticizing them, right? And so, you know, the one thing that you got to do is ensure that that locker room is still in it uh, uh, mentally, right, from a psychological standpoint that – they 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 still believe that they can win games and that they can they could be productive on, on offense, right? Like we, we like to hope no player or no coach is listening to this podcast.
2: Right. I mean that's <laughs> right.
3: that's the idea, right? Is you don't listen to the outside noise. We just keep our freaking nose of the dirt uh, and we just keep grinding and and eventually we're gonna start to see success. Now, I mean that you you would like to see us put the you know put the ball in the, the, the end zone. Right in in the past thirty six quarters or, or the past you know couple games, um, not start off with with a fourteen point deficit. But um, ultimately, it comes down to the mentality because I do think that's that's another aspect of this is right is, is believing um, that it is going to get better and that you guys can go out there and and be productive, right? And not let the past kind of haunt you, right? Start start as a new week, put that those last weeks behind you and get back to it, but. Again, I I think it's wrong to think like there's one answer to the lack of production that's going on in offense because I, I I do not think that's that's the case, right? It's definitely not the quarterback. It wasn't the quarterback, right? As we know, we've seen, right? I don't think it's I don't think it's the offensive coordinator, right? Although, you know, there could be some more creativity and you know, play selection that, that's a little bit better on, on first and second down to keep us out of third and short, maybe get a little more creative in the in the quick game. Um, but then you go down to okay, well. We can't do any of that because guys aren't remembering the plays or or we're missing assignments or the quarterbacks not trusting where guys are going to be as far as receivers um we're not trusting you know the one the one guy that i do see a, a, a lot of promise or improvement in has been Aiden robbins like i love how that kid runs yeah like, i love how that kid runs yeah, right? now but he's what, healthy. What
1: about, i was gonna ask you yeah. because the position you play and then that that's the other thing we never found out that Aiden robbins was not healthy for any game this year until two weeks ago And everybody's just like, well, he got replaced by a freshman. He must be terrible. What a terrible miss. It's because all they know. And it's just funny that that's – but that's where everybody goes, right? That's where we go. What a terrible miss. And we're like, yeah, man, he's just not panning out. And then we find out six weeks later we had broken ribs. Like he couldn't play. No. And we're going, oh. And now he's healthy. And we're going, now there's the beast we thought that they recruited. He's good, right? And And,
0: BYU could have done a little bit – they could do a little bit of a better job because when a player – runs three, has three carries against Southern Utah, and then disappears. Uh, but yet you see him on the sideline, and it's like, well. What's going on? What's happened? He's, he's, and then you go to all those places. Yeah. And without any information, that's where you stay. Yeah, there's an
1: information void. But the what I was going to ask you about is because we're, you, we all, you, we were talking about this last week, huh? And so we're like, whoa, Aiden Robbins is good, right? What about Lassiter? What's your impression been of him? He plays a position you played. Um, And it seems like he's progressing every week.
3: Oh, yeah! He gets better exponentially every every week, right? And and I think that's because of two things. One, he's getting more comfortable, and and then he's getting more opportunities, right? I don't think he got as many looks as he's been getting in these past. I, I know he didn't play last. Yeah, week, he didn't play last week, which, week which I think prior, hurt
1: big time because he was their best guy. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, Darius definitely brings an aspect of speed, right? He's going to stretch the field but then he also has that you know he he's got that same knack that Chase has which is you know if the ball's if the ball's in the air I, i'm going to go make a play and i'm going to make something out of it right mm-hmm. um, and that's when you're in when you're in a, a situation that BYU's in right now with their offense you have to have people like that out on the field right you have to have people that are going to they're, they're going to get you out of this funk single-handedly by making those types of plays those are the type of plays that need to be made to kind of get you out of this slump, right? I mean, you, you look at baseball and you, you get in a hitting slump and all of a sudden your standards kind of drop a little bit. So now, like, uh, I don't expect to get a double. I just want to get my bat on the ball. And maybe you start changing the way you hit just to get that contact. And then once that confidence develops, then you can start rolling in back to your, your, your old swing, right? But when you're at the depths of, of the bottom – it's like, we just need to get something going. And it's the same thing offensively, right? We just need somebody to make those plays that, yeah, they're not routine. They're going to be great plays, but they have to be made in order for us to start getting this momentum and getting this confidence back that we can start rolling. And, and Darius is exactly one of those guys, man. I mean, he, he did that a number of times against Texas um, and, and uh, uh, Texas Tech you know, making those ridiculous catches, right? No. And and that wasn't a lucky catch. I maybe thought that Texas Tech catch was on my, like, oh, you know, he got away with one right there. But then he comes back against Texas, man, and makes that one where he has two guys wrapped on him and he high points the ball and, uh, you know, catches a, a, a phenomenal catch downfield um, and, and would hopefully get the ball rolling. But they, they need more of that. They need somebody or a couple guys that are going to step up and say, no, 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 I'm going to be the guy, man. I'm going to be the guy to get us out of this right now throw me the ball or give me the ball. And I'm going to make Matt, you know, I hate to say it, pardon, pardon my, uh, my, uh, uh, the, the phrasing here, but make magic happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, by the way, uh, we have a question from Steve who says, Austin, uh, what do they need to change on and off the field for magic to happen? (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) You just said, you just
1: said on the field, they have to have a couple of guys step up and just say, I'm going to make plays. Um, and, and Chase Roberts is certainly capable of that. Um, you know, you you like Parker Kingston's speed and what that brings, and he's healthy again. So certainly on the outside, they have some guys, and Aiden Robbins we all like now. So there's some there's some skill weapons that that can kind of do what you're talking about, right? I, th- I think there's some guys that could go make some plays and maybe get some momentum going.
3: Oh yeah, no, it's it, it, it's there. These guys just need to decide. Okay, am I going to go do it? Am I going to go take it and make it happen? Or am I going to am I going to wait for it to happen, right? If you're waiting for it to happen, it's never going to happen, right? M- Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Harvey, they would not wait around to make something to happen if we needed it. They would go make it happen, right? I can't tell you how many times I've come off the field livid. I mean, you ask Brandon Doman. I'd come off the field livid because we'd be in the funk and they hadn't gotten me the ball yet. And I'm and I'm I'm, I'm screaming on the sideline. Give me the ball because I knew I had the confidence. Okay, this is what I could do. The same thing with Max. Max would do the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. They need and and I'm not saying I'm one of those guys, right? But like Max and, and Dennis, man, like they knew if you give me the ball, we'll get this thing rolling. But you got to do it now because I'm 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 done getting you know staying in the spunk or 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 coming you know having like three or four three and outs. Uh, and, and not moving the ball, right? But, if you hey, want to move the ball, give me
0: the rock. You are one of those guys, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we can say it, and all the numbers back and, it up. And, and you played and, and the, the Super ni- Bowl. And the nice and part is, all that stuff. is, when
1: we think about when you think about that team, and 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 people are like, "Man, why was this team so good? Why was that team so good?" And then think about you have Max, who's just a dog, right? Like when we say a dog, we're talking about we about a pit bull dog, right? Playing Max is going to be right with now. us next week, right? So so you got Max slinging it. You got you outside, Dennis inside, and Harvey behind him, handing the ball off to Harvey. And a bunch of dogs on the offensive line, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah, that's the formula right there. There's That's the formula. You got dogs outside. You got dogs inside. You got dogs at running back. And you got dogs up front. That's all you need to be good on offense.
0: A <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of alpha dogs. Hey, Austin, before uh, we're going to hit you up with a couple of NFL questions uh, because we, we love talking to you about that, but what's your – Give us your forecast for Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. These three games ahead for BYU. What do you think? Uh,
3: it, it's going to be an uphill battle, for sure. Like it, it is going to be an uphill battle. These are not three teams that are just any other three teams. These are very, very Iowa State is a very, very good football team. Oklahoma, obviously, very good football team. Oklahoma State just put it on Oklahoma, right? Like this is. If if we can get one if we can get one win and I know the mentality is no we got to win all three right but in, in a realistic world if we can squeeze out if we can squeeze out a win in these next three games man I I, I would be happy with where we're at right now yeah. and from, do, from and what I, I last saw against West Virginia if we can squeeze out one more win man that would be a win
1: and a win against Iowa State at night at home. Um, who's a very good defensive team, but not quite as explosive, as explosive as Oklahoma State or Oklahoma offensively? Probably the most likely, right?
3: Yeah, I think. But, but see, that's the
1: thing. It's so hard because we have the talent, man,
3: to to beat any one of these teams. I truly believe that. Yeah. So if it if it clicks, right, we get guys to show up, right, and and again, we get a few of them that rise to the occasion and say, "Hey, get me the rock. I want to be the difference maker." um and, and then you know we we get some we get a, a, just a couple of the things ironed out man i mean th- this team could be hitting on all cylinders we've seen it happen we saw it against arkansas state even though that wasn't the top you know our our, our, our the, the apex of our talent or our potential but i mean it was still it looked a lot better than what it looks like now
1: yeah so you're yeah. saying so, it's not out of the question they get oklahoma at home or they you know if, I, if and, and, and turnovers are a funny thing and in football, you get everything. Yeah, you get an Oklahoma in here, and you turn them over three times. You're in the game. Yeah, you got a chance. Yeah, I, I think these the next three teams. They're
3: fantastic teams. They're beatable. I think they're beatable. Uh, it just matters, okay? Who who? What BYU team is going to show up that week? Yep. I think oh, I think Iowa State is is. Uh, probably our best chance, but then again, they're they're a very very good football
0: team. Yeah,
1: very physical.
0: Before Austin yes. reveals his five greatest NFL receivers of all time, let's throw some names at you. We we've got a group of BYU players in the NFL right now. We're just they're just all they're on every channel. They seem to be on every team.
2: Uh, let's throw a couple so names
0: fun. at you and then uh, tell us what you think. And and I know. Well, let's start with Jaron Hall, who was off to such a great start, and then bam, it was over.
3: Yeah, no, that that was tough. That was tough for Jaron, uh, only because you know, I mean, you, you got Dobbs that came in and played. I don't, I don't even know how he pulled off what he pulled off. Right, never having taken a snap at the center and uh, not knowing really anybody's name or, or the playbook, and having to be coached <laughs> yeah. right on the that during the play call. Um, that, that that was that was incredible, right? But I mean, Jaron has a ton of promise. I think, I think BYU's day and age of of you know hitting an NFL guy um, every once in five ten years is, is long gone man like we we have kalani has done a, an incredible job and and the coaches there um for, you know for the most part have done a phenomenal job of prepping these kids for the nfl and getting them nfl ready you know i, I know that's one of the things kalani has kind of made um uh, extremely evident in, in his recruiting as well as like what he wants to build the program around and that is getting kids nfl ready and and uh it's truly shown with, with all these guys, but I I don't think Jaron is going to have any problem sticking around. Right. Just from the, some of the stuff that we've seen. How
0: about uh, our buddy Zach who got sacked seven times last night?
3: Yeah. Again, that's another tough, he's in a tough situation, man. Right. Like you'd love to see some, some of the times just to get rid of the ball, not worry about making a mistake. But I gotta be honest with you. Like if, 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 uh, I point out Zach to my kids as, as you want to see mentally tough. And, and, I'll, and I give Zach all the credit in the world to know what he's gone through as a quarterback. And I only know half of it, seeing fans boo you, seeing fans, uh, you know, uh, talk about you, even some of the former alumni from that team uh, uh, talk, talk about you as if you are just trash and garbage and just, you know, people going out of their way to say it. Right. And then for him to keep, the noise out and to continue pressing on and to have at least the, you know, some of the success that he's had this year. I, I think I, I, I heard somewhere that he's, he leads the league in, in fourth quarter, comeback victories, right? Like that's, that's, that's and unbelievable. Qu- quarterback rating. Yeah. I think
1: it's five straight games now, including that last one, where his quarterback ratings higher than the opponent's quarterback. And he's played against some good and quarterbacks. I, yeah,
3: And I want to, I want to see him start ripping it, dude. Like uh, it's not a coincidence that Zach Wilson in the fourth quarter, when he's down, and they need big plays, and they just let them loose. Is more successful than the first three quarters, and that is because you're allowing Zach to let him play in his element. Right. right? You're not. You're not saying, "Hey, you know, whatever you do, don't turn the ball over. We don't care how many three and outs you have. Just don't turn the ball over and let our defense go in this game." You know, that, that's not how Zach plays. That's not the mindset. At least, you know, from what I've seen, yeah. uh, how how he flourishes as a quarterback. He flourishes as a quarterback as, hey. You know, go make some plays downfield, man. Like whatever you do, don't worry about. If I was a quarterback, or if I was the the coach, if I was solid I'd pull him aside and say, "Listen, cut it loose, offense coordinator. Let him cut it loose. We don't care about turnovers right now. Just let him cut it loose. You know, we we got uh, we got you know the, our future built in a rod." he's healthy or whatever, but like, let's get this kid comfortable and acclimated. And he's the most comfortable when he's, when he's just kind of he's playing, you know, it. those different arm angles and he's slinging the thing. I, th- right? I think
1: Austin, I think you hit it right on the head. Like think about Cause I think what you said is exactly what he's been told because remember when he played last year, um, the big, the, I think this coaching staff probably came to him and said the, you're not going to get back on the field if you keep turning it over. And this is one of the best defenses in the league. Allegedly. So don't turn it over. Like don't force the ball in. Take a sack before you just throw a ball downfield. And it's exactly. I I think he's doing what he's coached to do, and he takes a lot of crap for it. Yeah. And 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 it's not fair. I think he's in a terrible situation, and I think it's a terrible organization. Can I say that?
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: All right, Puka Nakua.
0: What about Puka?
3: Oh, I mean, I don't think much needs to be said about him. I mean, he's he's, he's off to the races man it's it's fun all these guys man it is so fun to watch you know you you watch guys like Taysom you watch him you watch Tyler Algier the the amount of the 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 amount of success that these guys are having in the NFL is just it it, I mean honestly it's so fun to watch but watching Puka I mean that kid seems like a I think I saw him coming in pregame into the huddle uh into the pregame huddle giving like a a kind of a a pregame speech or hype hype speech like getting everybody hyped up and I'm like You just don't see that from rookies, and and you're not allowed that from rookies. Like you have to earn that respect, and he's earned that in like the first seven weeks of of his NFL career Mm -hmm. to be able to come in and get your team hyped up like that. um, Yeah, that 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 takes that takes a lot of respect from your peers to even allow you to get in there and to take you
0: seriously.
1: Yeah, rookies have to be, yeah, yeah. Don't talk. Yeah, you just pay for the meal. You just do this. You just (laughs) do your thing. Um, (laughs) Listen. I, I, I tried doing
3: that in the huddle one time during a two-minute drill. We were in Tennessee, and obviously, I was in the huddle. <laughs> I was in the huddle with 10 guys who probably had 10-plus years. They had kids in high school, right? <laughs> I, the, the difference between me and these other kids or these other guys was like, you know, I was watching them when I was a freshman in high school, okay? Oh, man. That's how old that offense, that Colts offense st- uh, stuck around together. And I remember we are in a two-minute drill, and I started feeling myself a little bit, like I was having a great, pretty good game, yeah. right? I think I had like uh, eight for, I want to say like one seventy five that yeah, game. Yeah, you were balling, right? So I was, I was feeling pretty good, and, and uh, we're in a two minute drive. And I'm like, what? And, you know, I obviously I I feel comfortable enough at that point where I'm like, let's go, we're like let's go, baby, let's keep going. And Jeff Saturday goes, hey Austin, t- just take it easy, bro. You just <laughs> got here. I'm like. What Noted. A, what a deflated, yeah, what a deflator!
0: Like the center tells you I to can see turn it down enough. But, but
3: but I look back and I almost cringe at the fact that I was like I was even trying to hype these guys up who had been in the league. You know, three of them are future or three or four of them are future Hall of Famers, yeah. right? And yeah. they'd been in the league, already won a Super Bowl. They were the most winningest organization in that decade. And here I am as a rookie feeling myself because i had one great game trying to be like yeah i'm one of them and it's just like, <laughs> like you're not even close to this level so just tone it down bro no,
0: that's awesome <laughs> kyle van noy is not a rookie but he has found uh, new life with the ravens had a couple of sacks forced a yeah. fumble and uh, he's on the other side uh, just as a veteran finding a way to stay active
3: yeah, Kyle's, Kyle's one of those guys, man, that could just roll out of bed and just and just be a uh, straight baller, right? I yeah. mean, I think I saw him on Pat McAfee's show, what, four weeks ago, yeah. right? Just just hemming it up with him. You know, I, I mean, that kid, uh, uh, you know, for the first couple of years, it took him, took him a little bit to find his groove and to find a, an actual place of opportunity that was going to, you know, uh, really, you know, bring his talent level to the surface. I mean, obviously, he was a baller in, in uh, at BYU, but... I mean, he's been doing it for years, right? So he's to the point now where you can we, roll out of bed and, and suit up.
1: We love that he, because he did exact he called it with us on the show. Yeah. Like, season's already going. And he's like, well, we kind of talked to my agent, and I really didn't want to go to camp. And so, <laughs> what I'm going to do is, I was just going to sit back. I'm staying in shape, had no interest in camp. And yeah. uh, somebody's going to get hurt. And if it's the right situation, he didn't say I'm just going to roll out of bed and go play like he's been working out hard, but it was almost like, oh, at my age and you know, this many years, this camp is just nonsense stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to and I don't care if I play a whole season, but I still love it. So I'm just waiting for yeah. somebody to get hurt and then I'll go play and I'll find a team and I'll play. So I love the fact that well, he called it.
3: Right. Yeah, that's, that's called a that's a, that's a he, he's got a lot of uh, years on his belt. Right. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the wisdom of a, of a 11 year. But how long has he played
1: now? Oh, it's, it's at least it's a decade, a right? Yeah. Got a few uh, couple yeah, Super yeah. Bowls. Is, is Fred, is Fred right now the, the um, shining star for BYU in the league, Fred Warner?
3: Absolutely. hundred percent. He's, he is a once in a generation talent, that kid. And what's crazy about Fred is t- typically when you get to the league, like, your your first to second year jump, I think they say is like you can see an improvement of twenty percent.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, then from there it diminishes drastically. Where from that from that point on, your margin of improvement goes up. You know, it's it maybe like you know two to five percent each year, mm-hmm. maybe. But then eventually you plateau, right? Because now now you're getting older, right? Although you may be getting your your, your football IQ and understanding of football may be getting better. You you may not be as as quick. You know as agile as explosive etc right mm-hmm. so then it starts to plateau and then even diminish Fred just keeps getting better and i don't know what keeps that i don't know how it happens but every year it's like he takes this like 20 percent increase in talent level which is like not i mean I, i've never seen that happen in my life i mean he is he is he just keeps getting better and more dominant and it's kind of scary to think that if he keeps doing this where he's going to be but I mean, if he if he keeps on the uh, trajectory that he's on, man, I mean, he's he's a he's a future Hall of Famer, and I'd I'd probably say probably one of the best, if not the best player to come out of BYU. Yeah, amazing.
2: Austin
0: Collie with us. Uh, hey, let me ask you a Taysom question, and then we'll we'll get you out of here. Uh, we we've kept you longer than we asked, so thank you for hanging out with us on the Wise yeah. Guys. Um, uh, if Taysom continues to do what he's doing for a few more years, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Is he an NFL Hall of Famer because of his uniqueness and how he's impacted the game and changed the game in many ways, both as a receiver, a quarterback and a running back, all tied into the same guy, Frank Gifford only on steroids, some bunch of years further down the road. Is there a spot for a Taysom Hill in the Hall of Fame?
3: I mean, I, I think so. Right. Like I, Taysom, I was just texting Dave the other day. And I told him, I'm like, your brother-in-law is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. The, the stuff that he can do and the, the the fact that he's doing it at that level. Um, he, he is, he is easily one of the best football players, all around football players I've, I've ever seen. Um, and I think the, I think the NFL has ever seen, right. I mean, his yeah. ability to do everything so well is, is, is crazy. I mean, you know, I, to think about what qualifies i mean if it was based specifically on production and what he's done then then absolutely right absolutely i think i think so right but i i think making it to the hall of fame there's so much more that goes into that 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 uh it, it would be hard to say if it was strictly based off production and success individually uh then yeah i would say i would say I would say if he could do this for a few more years, he'd definitely be in the discussion.
1: He's certainly, it's it's crazy to me how recognizable, like everybody knows who Taysom Hill is all around the country. Like, Oh yeah. He's New Orleans just does everything. Like he's, and every team wants to find one. He's so unique that he's, he's one of the most recognizable players in the league. And then, and then Fred is so good. He's one of the most recognizable players in the league. And now Puka is so surprising as a rookie. Like when I'm back at New York and means like, what what about your boy Puka? You know? And then, so when I'm with people that don't even follow those teams, and, and then don't forget Jamal
0: leads the whole league in touchdowns last season.
1: Yeah, and so there's there's been yeah. B- BYU's guys well, in Tyler, the NFL. Been, Tyler Alge is a, a thousand right, years rusher yeah. as, a, as a rookie. It, it, in terms of numbers, it's certainly not up there with with you know some of the teams in the Big Twelve, the number of guys in the league. But BYU's guys in the league are. Amazingly productive and very visible impact players, which is really good for BYU in recruiting. Uh, How much impact does that have on recruiting Austin? Oh, I think it's huge, right?
3: Like I I think I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say, I I think Kalani has a lot to do with that. Right. He said from the get go. Right. And, and, and we really didn't have that when I, when I was playing, right. Like it was, you know, the the NFL was kind of an afterthought and, and I, I wanted to go to the league so bad. I mean, that's, that's why I was playing college football. That was just another stepping stone to get to where I wanted to be at. And Kalani came in and said, no, look, listen, I, I'm preparing these kids for the NFL. That is why they come here is because they want to be NFL players. And we feel like we can do the best job of preparing them to get to the NFL. And, and uh, I think that mindset is definitely, I think that's helped, uh, th- that's helped kind of direct them in their recruiting as to what guys they'll look for,
2: mm-hmm.
3: right? And then also, once they get here, how to prepare them and be the, you know, like I said, the most prepared for that level of play. If you get what I'm saying. I was right? a, I was yeah. interviewing
0: uh, Jake Retzlaff, and I asked him about uh, what it was that brought him to BYU. Was it the great quarterback history? And uh, he said it. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't the history. That's our history. It was. Yeah, I just watched Jaron Hall and uh, Zach Wilson. Get drafted in the NFL. It wasn't Detmer. It wasn't Young. It wasn't McMahon. It was these guys. And when we think of BYU's quarterback history, we go right back to even even Max and all those guys. But these new guys are here because of the guys that are currently in the league.
3: Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think. I think. You know. The more and more we get exposure in the NFL, I mean, because ultimately that's eighty percent of the reason why guys you know, they, they play football or they play college football, right? Especially nowadays more than ever, right? They're, they're looking for the best opportunity, not only to win ball games, but what is going to be the best fit, especially some of these transfers and the people in the transfer portal. The reason why you're getting people tr- entering the transfer portal so much is because they're not happy with the situation that they're in because it is going to inhibit them from achieving their dream, which is to play in the NFL. Right? Yeah. No other reason. And so, You know, I I think the fact that we've got more guys going to the NFL and that are recognizable becoming household names is only going to be that much more attractive, especially now that we go to the Big 12. There's more eyes on us, more exposure. Um, Yeah, it's it's only going to benefit recruiting the more guys we have in the NFL.
0: We're ready for your list. This is Austin Collie's five greatest NFL receivers. Are
1: Are you doing it? Um from fifth to first, so you save the best for last, or are you just going to start one through five? How Let, do you want to do let's this? Let's do awesome?
0: it, save the best for last. Yeah, let's
1: start let's with see. five. And save then the best just, for last? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Okay. Okay, now I got to give a little bit of context about my top five, okay? Okay. okay. There are, I, I'm sure there are more dominant receivers, okay, than these top five. Some of them, no. Some of them are just clearly, in my opinion, top five. But I, I am a fan of a true all around wide receiver
0: okay Mm -hmm. guys
3: that can run routes, guys that are that that are uh extremely exceptional at their craft like of what a wide receiver is that's running routes that's catching the football what hands they have right um their ability to get off the line blocking right which Mm -hmm. not a lot of receivers will do
2: okay Mm -hmm.
3: so just 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 to kind of set the uh precedent all right um number five number number five Uh, I'm going to say Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice.
1: Wow, I can't wait to hear four through one now. Okay.
3: Well, don't get your hopes up. Okay, so (laughs) So, number five, Jerry Rice. Okay. All right. I'm going number four. Uh, We're going to go Larry Fitzgerald.
1: Okay. I like Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a great all-around guy like Mm -hmm. you were talking about, can do it all. Okay, number three.
3: Now I can't. I don't know how these guys are in the in, in the blocking game, but they're too good to ignore. Okay, hmm. and I've got two. I've got two for um, for number three.
0: About
1: a tie! Okay? for number a two. tie. Okay.
3: Okay, it's either Justin Jefferson or it's Jamar Chase.
1: Hmm. Okay. Or... They're
3: route running. Is is yeah. Route running hands. They're, they're Off the charts. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah. All number right. two
3: is Calvin Johnson.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. And the number, and the number one. Do you, you all want time... to
0: give me a drum roll, Blaine? Yes. Yeah, here we go. That sounds like Christmas vacation right there. Yeah, it did. Before they turn that <laughs> <on>. <laughs> All right. Who's Wayne? Uh, Reg, Reggie Wayne. Reggie, Reggie Wayne. Wayne. Wow. How much fun was it to be around Reggie Wayne?
3: Well, being around Reggie Wayne and then being in the league, I got to see how good Reggie Wayne really was. He was all around. From a wide receiver, if I could create a uh if I could do a create a player on Madden as or or explain to my kids, hey, what is who who is a wide receiver? What is a wide receiver's job? I would pull up Reggie Wayne Tate. Hmm. The guy the guy is there's nobody I saw that ran better routes than him. Not even close.
2: Hmm. Okay. Uh
3: hands, nobody had better hands than him. His hands were unbelievable. He would make everything look so effortless and easy. And last but not least, the guy would block his butt off. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: He was not a prima donna. He, he prided himself. He prided himself on that. On coming in, blocking backers, blocking safeties, and the fact that he played so long, being able to do that mm-hmm. is is crazy.
1: So, we're, like, like I'm thinking of a couple guys. Like, I want to know if they're even in your top ten. Like Randy Moss.
3: Okay, So, Randy Moss, extremely dominant, mm-hmm. phenomenal, not one of the best route runners I've seen. There
1: you go. He just went out and just
0: I, I don't think he liked to block either, yeah. but he loved going deep.
3: Reggie Reg, Reg was, unbel- I mean, Randy was, I mean, obviously, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's right, he's in many, you know, he's one of the best to do it, obviously. But, you know, my, my criteria uh, for what my top five is is like, you know, right, route running, there's extreme weight. Uh, uh, of the ranking on route running and your ability Austin, to – Because he, he's not
1: yeah. he's not old enough, but I think if he was older, like I think if he was his dad Scott's age, he would love Steve Largent. Steve Largent? Yeah. I think oh, he would yeah, love – I've watched Steve. I've watched, Dave, I've watched I, film I, Steve I think Largent. he would he's love Steve. Yeah. Cooper Cup is yeah, another guy that an seems to get open. Cooper's an emerging guy, a young guy that, that kind of fits your criteria. Hey, we're not dissing
0: well. your top five. We're just No, I'm just thinking, flavor. I'm like, your
1: criteria is an interesting criteria. And that's like – Cooper Cup seems like he fits in this if he can, can, can continue to play the way he's played. You know, now he's coming back no, from this Co- injury. Co-
3: Cooper Cup's definitely, he's he's, he's definitely, I, I would say in that conversation. I mean, he, here's, here's the, here's the, uh, the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is, is like, I look at these kids nowadays and I say to myself, I would not have a, a shot in hell to play <laughs> as well as I did in this generation. Really? At the talent that I had. Right. But like, they're so good. The the stuff that these, these kids are able to do is crazy. So like, obviously the talent continues to get better. And so to say like, okay, you know, if you were to play a game, who would you be putting in the, in the game? Top five? Like, well, I mean, you know, again, Jerry Rice for his time was considered a technician,
2: Right. right? Right. Like
3: unbelievable route runner. Can he run a route like Jamar chase right now? no, Yeah, no one can run around like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson,
1: like and and they're they're bigger, like they are
3: unbelievable.
1: Yeah, bigger and faster these days, and they're stronger. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. So it's it's hard to say, like, well, yeah, if you're going to pick top five, I mean, I mean, I could pick five receivers right now from the NFL that would, you know, if we're going head to head with the old timers, would give them fits.
1: Which 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 is interesting because in football, it's just gotten so much bigger and faster. It's funny because I've had this conversation with Pat Riley about basketball, which I think you know, he knows who he's talking yeah. about. And, I, and I've also had it with, with Danny Ainge, and the, they both agreed that there's a couple of old school guys that could play right now and be dominant yeah. in the NBA. Like, Michael Jordan could yeah. still be the most dominant player in the NBA. No question. Um, but that's not true in the NFL. They're all bigger, faster, better. Like it's it, yeah. The game's changed more dramatically, I think, in football than in
0: basketball. Remember, Roger Staubach was a mobile quarterback. And yeah. now you look at yeah. uh, Mahomes. Right. You look at Mahomes and and, yeah, and uh, offenses some of these are different guys.
1: in the way they're – yeah, it's just the game has really evolved. I've, I feel like the, the game of football has evolved. The athletes have changed more than, than the game of basketball over that same period of time. DJ, will what? you put it, up
0: – oh so DJ, will you put up the black uniforms? We're going to get Austin's take on this as yeah. we cut him loose for the rest of the night. Uh, not to cut you off, go ahead and finish, but no, I want this best. graphic to come up and uh, and ask you what you think of, of this uh, for Saturday night. Uh, so go ahead. What we There's. Okay. Here's. No, I
3: just, oh, look at that. Yeah.
0: What do you think of these? Did look these. Uh, would this amp you up if you were wearing the black unis? Uh,
3: yeah. I, I mean, uh, we were rocking strictly navy and white and alternating
1: pants. And <laughs> Wait, post, where, right? where like, you? That was it. Weren't you part of the crew that went in and said to Bronco, yes. uh, hey, can we get. We want to wear a different kind of uni? He said no. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Now everybody said no. Right. Like, I, I mean, I listen no one no one cares more about about the uh you know look good feel good play good right then i, I like i i if i didn't if i didn't look the part dress the part right i wasn't going to have a good game right and i saw that was around the time everyone started coming out with these alternate uniforms i'm like yo we need to get in on this <laughs> same this, little yeah. idea right uh this would be awesome to go back to the royal and then sure enough when I left the very next year in 09 is the first time they pulled out the Royal against Utah, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. But, 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 Bronco, Black but you, you went, you and Matt like who went in? And Bronco was just like, no.
3: Not happy. I mean, it was it was it was every other week. we were bugging Bronco, we were bugging Mick, who was yeah, the equipment yeah, manager equipment at that guy. time. Yeah. And it shout out to and and this guy doesn't probably get enough props. No equipment manager ever gets enough props. But shout out to Josh Lewis, right? The new equipment yeah. manager there at BYU. Like he has done I mean they're getting a new jersey and a new combination every week.
1: It's awesome. It's like and the Oregon every Ducks. Every single one yeah. is
3: hitting solid, right? Like every single one is like, like when they went all navy with the white face mask. Sweet, I love that too. Yeah,
0: yep. we yep. had that black helmet on Afr today. Yeah, it's got some Nixon. royal sparkles to it, the but it's, yeah. yeah. It's Nixon tough. Nixon
1: put it on. And he wanted, yeah. he wanted to hit somebody. He wanted to it hit somebody. He kept nervous. looking at me. I'm like, don't even think about it, dude. Because I'll have to drop him even with that helmet on. The great so. Austin Collie
0: is with us. Hey, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, thanks for giving it to us. And and fascinating as always. And we look forward to having you back on. We, we love talking ball with you always, ma'am.
3: No, always. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Austin.
0: Austin Colley and Reggie Wayne, his favorite yep. number one receiver of all time. I think a great pick. Yep. Good stuff. Thanks, Austin. Thanks,
1: Austin. All right. Talk to you. Hey,
0: uh, so we saw the Black Unis. DJ, if you'll put up our game day, you want to read our game day plug for uh, Saturday night under the lights?
1: Yeah, where are we here? Uh, Anyhow, We're I can just tell you where it is. I can, I can actually tell you where it is. Um, it's this Saturday, <laughs> 8 Eastern. Um, make sure you're with us so 6 o'clock we'll hit the air. You and I will be over there, oh, like... Four o'clock, right? It's a long, it's a long day. Got a two hour pregame show in store for you. It's going to be Brian Logan, David Nixon, Spencer Linton, uh, me and, and and we're gonna bring Bronson Kafusi. We, you know, we had Austin last couple of weeks. Yeah. And um, we had we Harvey, Harvey Longi this last week, great. which was great. Uh, this week we're gonna roll Bronson Kafusi in with us for our two hour pre- and one hour post game show. The game's at ten fifteen Eastern, eight fifteen Mountain on on ESPN on the Mothership. Uh, live post game would we'll be back on BYU TV as soon as it's over. So make sure you join us on BYU TV for the pre and post game shows and watch that game on ESPN this Saturday.
0: Next week, Max Hall and Wally Joiner. Uh, the week after that, Mark Ogletree, mm-hmm. BYU professor, father of former BYU linebacker Brandon Ogletree, Scott Warner from Gig, Libby Lloyd, yep, Broadway performer, Lane's daughter, Brad Robbins from Gentry's, going to be with us on, on 28th. November 28th. And then we'll get into our first Monday show on December 4th with Doug Wilkes, the editor of the Deseret News. Time for our Cougar Board Question of the Week. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with Cougar Board, it's the largest online community of BYU fans with thousands of posts daily. Our stuff pops up there now on a regular basis, which we're excited about. Uh, this question comes from one of their insider subscribers named Laser Coog. Yeah, Laser Coug. All right, I'll ask it, you answer it. Okay. Can you discuss the thought that goes on with starting a talented but unmotivated player versus a less talented but more motivated player? Would you rather have a Rudy who we've met and Mm -hmm. love the story, or a star who doesn't
1: care. So to me, it's about production. And this is, this is like, what do I like better? I love Rudy, right? I I like the underdog that performs. But what it comes down to is, is the star that's a little apathetic, is he having a negative impact overall on my football team? Because if he's neutral and he is unbelievably productive, I just keep working on him. Because I'm not going to play somebody that's less productive unless the guy that produces more is having a negative impact and bringing down the play of others. Now, I'm going to give you an example of that. Andy Reid had Terrell Owens with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, And Andy hung in there with him for a number of years because he was so crazy productive. He was the best receiver in the league at the time. He could be on some people's top five. Physically, one of the most gifted players to ever play in the National Football League. And it got to the point where he was so distracting in the lo- in the locker room and he so undermined kind of the coach's authority and the overall unity of the team that they decided that this isn't working out. Like, we're actually going to go with people less talented than you because you're killing our team chemistry. Yeah. Um, and he went to the Cowboys and he was okay there, but they had the same issue there,
0: right? He had the same issues everywhere. Right. And so... You know who else did? Uh, uh, there's a few guys in the NFL that just go where where problems are that are problems. phenomenal
1: talent. Yes, yeah. and so so you ask a complicated question because if it's a crazy talented player that goes out and produces on the field, but he just seems to be apathetic, and I'm going to keep working on ap- apathy. And if he's producing, but and he's not having a negative impact on the mojo of my team or the chemistry of my team, I'm going to probably keep playing. I'm not putting a guy that doesn't produce in for him, but if he has, if he has any instance where he starts to undermine the chemistry of my team and make my team not better, I'll play the less talented guy for sure.
0: All right. Good answer. Uh, Michael says, Hey, Dave, I went on Amazon to purchase your book. Thanks. Awesome. Uh, If they're out of stock, go to deseretbook.com or seagullbook.com. But thank you. Appreciate that. Here's a question that was emailed. Oh, by the way, this is, this went on sale today. Uh, fourteen ninety nine. dollars a great Christmas stocking stuffer for everybody in the world. So you keep buying them, they'll keep making them. But, uh, uh, on sale today at Deseret book locations, com. So check it out. I think your kids will love it. I think yeah. you'll love reading it to your kids. Um, here's a question that came from our email.
1: Yeah. Right, right straight to us. To why is guys, right? And,
0: and yeah. And, and we will try to answer just about everything. That's what we do on this show. Yeah. Um, This is from Mike, who says, when do you think the media will start asking tough questions about coaching and specifically the offensive coordinator for BYU? Too many third and nine screens. That's not a QB choice. That's an OC call. But I don't hear the media calling out the OC for play calling. Thanks, Mike. Now, before you answer that, I will say this, Mike. Do you not watch after further review?
1: Yeah, and, and or do the not, post game show. And, and Mike doesn't get to go or to game the, day, and Mike doesn't get to go to media day over there. They like Aaron Roderick walked up um, to the mic last week and said, "All right, here we go." But before we even go, yes, I know we suck on offense. Yeah, so, so he's no, feeling he, it. He gets he gets tough questions, but And it, you may not be seeing him on the news at night. And, and you know, Dave, you did the news forever. The news is such a short bit of sound bites you just fit what you can fit in and and if it's not really interesting or compelling it just doesn't make the cutting floor Uh, but he's getting asked tough questions and here's the thing this isn't we're not new york
0: media here you know where they'll just go on and say this guy's a bum or this guy's this guy is the problem with the jets or all that stuff uh it's different out here but that doesn't mean that those issues aren't being addressed. Uh, if you watch the postgame show on BYU TV, we talk about all the stuff. We just don't call somebody an idiot and then give our opinion why a play didn't work. Right. That's really the big difference and, between East Coast media and, and here. But we talk about that stuff all the time. And the whole notion of AFR is here's what worked and why. Here's what didn't work and why. And here's what should have happened.
1: Right. And You'll notice that Austin, um, when we asked him about the offense, because we've been talking about the offense uh, here, and nobody knows it needs to get better than Aaron, and and Aaron we've known for years and years, and and Aaron's been really good. Like he's had some phenomenal offenses with the right players in the right spots yeah. and with the right scheme. And uh, did you notice that Austin said this? This is multifactorial on offense right now. First of all, we've got some struggles up front of the offensive line, and he goes, I don't. Everybody was two weeks ago going. Keaton Slovis, get Keaton Slovis, out of there! What's wrong with Keaton Slovis? And and I'm going. I don't think Keaton's playing that bad. Jake comes in. Jake is a whole different style. Really exciting. Really fun. And guess what? Still didn't score. Yeah. So was was Keaton Slovis the problem? Was the quarterback the problem? Because we put a different quarterback in that played in a completely different style and still scored no points.
0: And the question of, well, where's the long ball? Why isn't Keaton tuck- chucking it like he did at USC and all those things? We'll find out. He's got a He's shoulder hurt. injury
1: since Arkansas, right?
0: So, and he and they tried to keep him in long enough for Retzlaff to be able to play and not burn his because redshirt. Because
1: their, their overriding thing was, but none of us knew that. Yeah, and and here's the thing: BYU's playing to win every game, but they're also playing the long game, right? Yeah, where they're saying. We're going, to bring some, we're going to bring some recruits in. Um, we're bringing a lot of transfers in because we're trying to upgrade the talent. This is our first year in this league, first go around with all of these teams. We're going to kind of figure out how to play in this league because these aren't teams we're familiar with, and they're not familiar with us. We're going to see where we match up talent-wise, and we're some, we maybe need to do some things differently. And nobody expected them to win more than five games, and they already have five wins, right? They get bowl eligible. so We expect they, them to win six when, when or When I seven. say they're playing the long game, They were like, no, we're not playing Restleff. He needs a redshirt. So we're not changing out anything. He's not playing until he can play four games in redshirt. And we're also trying to, you know, they're trying to redshirt all three of the other quarterbacks, right? So they were playing Keaton. They knew that he couldn't aggravate the injury, but they were playing him at less than 100% going, we're just going to do the best we can. Because the one thing we're not going to do is blow the future right now. Because this is a build over a couple of years and they want to win right now but but they realize they're new in this league and the recruiting is going to upgrade as they're in this league and, and the idea is to compete in the long term.
0: Speaking of the long term, let's jump over to the Big 12 future schedules because this came out since we were last together and we just want to address what we got coming next year Uh, whether that's Retzlaff as the starting quarterback or somebody comes through the portal uh I have a feeling that if Retzlaff gets uh, some momentum here it's going to be his thing Mm -hmm. this is why he's here but um so the Big 12 released the next three seasons but we'll just talk about 2024 here's what's coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium next year and think about all that BYU's got to do between now and next year to get better, and there'll be some active transfer portal right again, shopping yep. Um and, but,
1: and they've got they've got to have a fine balance too because there I know there's some questions where they're going, wow,' seven of eleven guys on one side of the ball too many transfers to be starting yeah that question is like so they went and they did that and they didn't know did they know they, they don't know? if that's going to work or not. They felt like they had to upgrade the talent. They had some spots to fill. So they go and get seven transfers that that started on opening day. And I think now they're going, maybe to learn an offense and to function together and to execute at a high level, maybe seven's too many. Or if we get seven,
0: let's get seven to be the backups to the other seven.
1: Or if we get seven... And we got them this year. Do we have some struggles this year? And most of them are not one and dones Like Keaton's a one and done. Um, Is Aiden a one and done? No. So so Keaton's a one and done. Most of those guys have another year. Do we see the fruits of this next year when they've been in? Like so, there's some things that they're that they're throwing a shot at. This is uncharted territory, and they're going to be they're going to do some things. They're going to go. Okay, now you know what. It seemed like a good idea. Wasn't that good of an idea? And
0: We're, it's going to take a while. Yes, it's just going to take it, a I, while. We don't
1: like things that take a while. But yeah, this, and, and this guess is. what? In real football and these kinds of leagues, when you go and you turn it over, you don't play well. You get thumped. Yeah. Um, like Utah fans are out of their minds because they didn't even compete against Oregon. Right. And and they may be out of their minds after this week because Washington is also a juggernaut. And they're
0: right not now. a newbie to the P five level. No, they've been doing like, it for a decade. West Virginia had ten years uh, head start on recruiting P5 players right. uh, over BYU and they've never won a Big 12 championship but look what they had at every position last weekend they were good good players
1: and, and guess what Iowa State when we we're scouting them they're very good they're good players they're very good BYU's going to have to fight for their life and i and i still i still think if things go the right way BYU has a chance to beat them on I agree. On, on Saturday night so so
0: here's next year uh i yeah. love the home, home. schedule yeah cuz Arizona by the way Arizona's found themselves they're good right now yeah, they're good right now. And they get to come to Provo. Houston, Oak State, Kansas, and Kansas State.
1: How about that for a home schedule?
0: Kansas State and Oak State might be the one two picks yeah. in the preseason, both coming to Provo.
1: Is Kansas quarterback coming back again? Well, the backup. It's hard really good. to say. He hasn't even played. And then Neil, is since Neil BYU? Is you, I mean, like Kansas is talented right yeah, now. Yeah. So, okay, how about um on the road next year? They're at Utah, at Baylor. At Arizona State and at Central Florida. See,
0: I think that's totally manageable on the road. They're yep. not afraid of the Utes. They're certainly not afraid of Baylor. Arizona State's a mess. And Central Florida will be a challenge. But they're having an awful first go yeah, yeah. around. And the, the nice part of about, about
1: next year is they have five home games and only four road games in the league.
0: Yeah. In their nine games. That's a really nice thing. And it's set now for the next uh, four seasons uh, BYU and Utah will play. Yeah, they, every year. they
1: tried to take the natural rivalries to because that's great for ratings and all that. So BYU and Utah are on the schedule. Interesting little um, switcheroo. Utah was on the schedule next year. Yeah, but they were on as a non-conference opponent. Now they became a conference opponent. So BYU had to make a little bit of a scramble. Um, and now I'm losing my mind. Who did they fill Utah in with?
0: They've got uh, they've got Wyoming. I think they have Southern Illinois. Somebody the they opener. filled in with, yeah, and uh, SMU. They'll go to Dallas. That's right, SMU. And you know what? NBA. Going to Dallas is like a home game. Yeah, it's pretty fun for BYU fans. So, um, and so that's what uh, that's what the future looks like. So, so yeah, the guys that are playing Saturday night, most of them are playing next season, right? And so we'll kind of take the end game. We, we expect better performance Saturday night, but also, yeah, this is the build to try and catch up to yeah. programs that have been at this level for decades.
1: And, and, and I don't want to paint the wrong picture because people come up and just go. Oh, not the, you know what the issue is? Kalani's too nice. And let me just say this: you have no idea, because Kalani is very cordial and nice to the media, as he should be. Yeah. And Kalani in he's public nice around the house is, and he's great with Kimberly and the kids, <laughs> and very, very nice around the house. And he's nice in the neighborhood. I live in Kalani's neighborhood, um, and he's nice when things are good. Um. We talk about we have this funny nickname of "Scary Kalani," yeah. right? And and he I comes can, out. And I can tell you that that behind the scenes, Kalani's not okay with the way they played last last week, and with his coaching staff and with his players, he lets that be known. And they and he comes down and he corrects and he gets after it and he gets after it at the appropriate time in practice when we're all not watching it. Yeah. And when people go, "Well, he needs to come on and act like he's," I'm like, "What?" Is, What's he supposed to do? People actually want him to come on the post game and go, I, "We suck," and I'm not going to come for this for one more minute of my life. I'm going to start punching people. Like I'm like some people, yes. Some people, yes. Because that's not ever going to happen. No, not at BYU. No, he's he's going to come out and he's going to say, "Listen, I talked to the kids, and I told them." And he always does this, and I love this. He will rip into them. He will rip into him and say, "This is unacceptable. You be better. You better be ready to work this week." Uh, This week's going to be a tough week of practice, which it is this week, and then he ends with this every time. Let me tell you something right now. This is on us in this room, but you all have families at home. This isn't on your families. Your families didn't make the mistakes out there, so your responsibility now is to go home and be gentlemen and to put on a good face and to be good to your families and love your families up, Um, and then you come back ready to work on Monday because we're going to get after it this week. That is unique in college coaching, and I'm completely okay with him ending it that way. Yeah. And then he comes out and talks to us or the media, and he, you know, and, and he tells us what he wants. And us he to says, know. "Hey, listen, we got to get better." And I talked to the kids. I told them to love each other up. He doesn't say, but I ripped them for 15 minutes. No. And that's and that's fine with me. Um, but I've had so many people this week come up to me and say, "Kalani's just too nice, and he doesn't." And then, guys, that's just not the truth.
0: From He's behind the scenes,
1: fiery football he is player. unbelievably intense. And he lets you know it when he needs to. Let's jump
0: to campus notes now that we're ready to both run through a wall. Yeah. (laughs) For for the coach. And by the
1: way, his speeches is sometimes in a locker room. Guys will be like, oh my gosh, I want want to go and just smack somebody right now. (laughs) Well, let's
0: hope he has a good one for Saturday. Yeah, he needs
1: one for Saturday night.
0: Hey, women's soccer. Let's let's spend a couple moments while we we have a few more minutes tonight uh, and talk about what's going on. This is a unique time on campus for these sports. We've been... We've been enjoying it all fall, and now here comes the the big time women's soccer sixteen and two with three ties, seven, oh, and three in the Big Twelve. The NCAA tournament starts on Friday. They're a one seed. How about that? They're a one seed, uh, second time in program history, and they get up to four home games if they win. You win your four home games, and they won't they won't be easy. Uh, then you get to go to the
1: then you're in the final four. And yeah, so they, they go home, 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 final four.
0: Awesome. So it starts Friday night against Utah State, the only team to beat BYU in the regular season, one to nothing, which we still can't figure out. It was up in Logan. BYU is number one in the country, and they got beat 1-0.
1: And, and, and it was right after they played the number one team in the country and beat them with a lot of emotion, and they went on the road up there. Aggie scored first, and then they just Packed it yeah. in. They, they call park parking the bus. So so they got ahead. No one wants to and, watch a game where park wants park the bus. The bus? And, and you know what? BYU had a number of ties this year because in league play you can tie. Yeah. So teams would just say, you know what? We're not going to match scores with this team. It's one of the most gifted offensive teams in the country. So we're going to park the bus right in front of the goal. We're going to put 10 people in front. Of here. We're going to put a million people in front of the goal. And we would be completely happy with a tie. Well, there's no ties in the NCAA tournament. So that strategy doesn't work quite No, it so does well. not. So, so 6 o'clock Friday night, Southfield
0: on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, they took second in the Big 12 tournament, Texas... Uh, beat them 3-1 to one in the championship game. Texas is getting out of here, and that's fine.
1: BYU's yeah. the lone wolf. Well, and it was down in Texas, so let's keep that in mind as well. So, so. the tournament starts
0: Friday. We wish uh, Jen Rockwood the best of luck. Friday night's also a big night for men's hoops, largely because of what we saw last night as we were on the call uh, of them starting the season, getting a little zip to their step, and now they got a big challenge.
1: You know, we, we talk about coming and playing with a chip on your shoulder, and and that's... I love when we met with Mark we met with him last week uh, for the exhibition and we met with him again yesterday and he said, this is what we want to do. We want to do three things really well. Um, and this is going to kind of be the theme for the year. We want to get out and play with pace. We want to push the ball up and down the floor. And we want to shoot threes like target would be to over the course of a season, some days more, some days less, but we want to average 35, three attempts a game. We want to shoot a good percentage from out there. And we want to really get after the glass, especially the offensive glass, because we need to get you know, put back points and, and easy buckets in, in uh, you know, with offensive glass. We're really focusing on those things because we think those things can really help us compete in this league. And man, did we see those three things in this in this game.
0: Last night against Houston, Christian in the season opener, BYU won 110 to 63. Career highs by Spencer Johnson, 20 points. Noah Waterman, 16. He's a new guy. He's a new guy. Trey Stewart, career high, 10 points. Uh, BYU attempted 43 three pointers. Wow. Some of them didn't come close, but they made 15 of them. Uh, Atiki Ali Atiki shot a three, and we were watching Mark Pope, and he just went like,
1: like, "Oh, I don't think but that they're that's up by
0: 40 something points." And
1: and I guess so. it was okay. They only had nine turnovers as much as they were playing at a really high pace. And and Houston Christian is a team that likes to play at pace, so you knew this was going to be up and down. With that frantic pace and scoring 110, they only had nine turnovers. That's impressive.
0: So it's on Friday night. San Diego State, they beat Fullerton last night in San Diego, 83-57. It was close at the half. And these Aztecs who played for the national championship last April, they got a couple of guys back. They got a couple of guys banged up. They're always good. And they come to Provo Friday night. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 on BYU TV and ESPN+. Plus. Yep. And then you and I are on with the call with Spencer Linton at 7, only on ESPN+. Plus. But that Marriott Center is going to be rocking to like it hasn't been rocking for a while, and it's going to be a fascinating game. BYU wants to shoot at least 35 threes. What does San Diego State want to do? Limit BYU shooting.
1: Yeah, and, and San Diego State, one of the top defensive teams in the country every single solitary year. Dutch, um, Brian Dutcher, the head coach, Hangs his hat on that, and he has been very successful with that strategy. So you got a team that wants to push the ball and run and shoot threes, and you got a team that wants to just shut people down. Something's going to give on Friday night.
0: Now, just know that Jimmer Fredette and Kawhi Leonard are not coming in those doors, right, to suit up as they had some classic battles. But the rivalry has continued. Last year, BYU led at halftime in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And San Diego scratched out a win. I think it was like by seven points. And then they go on to the national championship game. And BYU had some struggles. But when they were early in the season going toe-to-toe, they seemed to always play each other tight.
1: Yeah, this is a very fun rivalry. And and the two staffs uh, um, respect each other. And um, they're close because they've played for so long. And they were the premier teams in the old... And the Mount Old Mountain West, West Conference, yeah. and and always had great matchups. And two, you know, during those Jimmer uh, Kawhi days, those are two top five teams in the country, and those were fun uh, for us to be involved with. And and we're good friends with their with their staff. Like yeah. uh, Brian Dutcher is one of my it'll favorite fun. favorite people in basketball. He's great, and they've been good to us. So it'll be a fun game. So after
0: on. this show, we'll be preparing the rest of the week we for will. the showdown. Friday night. We By the two way, fun things this weekend. National signing day is tomorrow. BYU received a commitment from three star guard Brooks Barr, 6'4, out of Keller, Texas. He whittled uh, his list of offers down to USC, St. Mary's, Wake Forest, Utah, and BYU. Picks the Cougs, going to serve a church mission right out of high school. Um, I don't know if the coaches can officially comment until they sign, but BYU is really excited about this kid. Yeah. Oh, Won't yeah. Won't be here for a while, but when he comes, he's bringing a jump shot
1: yeah he is and then uh then in isaac davis um who we had talked about being committed a little bit ago yeah um from idaho both expected to sign tomorrow and uh that's a nice class that's a really nice class
0: davis i think will come right away yeah and uh and then we'll have to wait on on brooks Barber. We sent a congratulations to the byu coaching staff uh, to get these two, and yeah. they're out looking for more.
1: Yeah, and remember um, Adams, who still hasn't been cleared as of – we didn't hear anything today, did we? No, but we know he will be cleared by next season.
0: If right. he if he redshirts this year, then then throw him on the list of another four-star.
1: Right, and remember Adams originally committed to Kansas, decommitted uh, uh, and, went and sent his commitment to Gonzaga. Never enrolled. Never, never enrolled at Gonzaga. But was there. And then and, and then then, he, then, then he decided BYU is where he was going to be, and now he's here in in class and you know there, but not cleared.
0: You throw Bar Adams and Davis in the recruiting class. Let's say if he can't play next till next year, and that's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, women's basketball team won today. Their season opener was on the road. At Montana State, 68-60. How about Amari Whiting, uh, the freshman who's been here on the show with her mom, the head coach, 18 points, 7 rebounds. To lead BYU, Lauren Gustin had 9 points and 11 boards, and they've got their home opener on Friday.
1: If Lauren Gustin ever has less than 10 rebounds, I, I want to know what's wrong with her <laughs> <laughs> because she's a machine. So, uh, no, they've been um, – I think they may surprise some people. With their athleticism, and hopefully they get 90 back before too long. And um, but uh, a team that's young, very young, um, but athletic. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Weber State at BYU Friday 11 a.m. That's on ESPN Plus. Everything's on ESPN Plus. Yeah, from here on out. And, and I just saw Ruthie. Thanks for you're saying that the background noise on our broadcast. Um, the other night on ESPN. Yeah, it, was, it
0: was awful. They're, they're fixing that.
1: Yeah, they're they're working on that. That we, won't be the case We made Friday. them aware. We, if it's not better, let us know next Tuesday.
0: It was coming out clean from our BYU TV studios. Went to ESPN, and then it came back all jacked up. So uh, we think they said they got it figured out by halftime. Now, when we're in the game, we got no idea. Yeah, uh, we're just hearing uh, each sometimes other. Sometimes we'll get texts going, hey, will you fix the audio? And we're like, I have no idea what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're just hearing each other. But um, But Friday, we should have all those bugs worked out
1: how about women's volleyball dave 20 and 5 um they're uh, 9 and 4 in the big 12 and 12 and 0 at home
0: 12th in the country now they have just kind of been hanging around number 12 yep. uh they defeated cincinnati friday and saturday of last week three to nothing so they swept the bearcats yeah
1: the standings in the big 12 right? and texas is number one um and and texas is three in, or 13 or no Two of BYU's losses was that Friday, Saturday road trip down to Texas. Yeah, that was right? brutal. Which is tough. And I and I would submit that if Texas came up here on a two road trip on a Friday and Saturday, they would lose two up here.
0: Yeah. Right? I think you're right.
1: Um Kansas is in second place at nine and three. BYU's in third at nine and four. Central Florida fourth at eight and five.
0: Thursday and Friday of this week, they're they're back basking in the warmth of yeah, Orlando. Orlando. I'll take so it. they're at UCF at five mountain time Thursday and Friday on ESPN Plus. Think about it. At the same time, give or take a few minutes, volleyball, soccer, and men's basketball, all on ESPN plus Friday night. That's why you want to get ESPN plus then you just hop. Yeah. Because you go you go forth. to
1: that main screen and you can just click back and forth between them.
0: And Kansas, as you mentioned, is in second place. BYU will host Kansas on November yeah. seventeenth. Host is a
1: whole different deal, and that sport, uh, these home f- home uh, environments are tough to win in, tough to lose to lose if you're the home team, tough to win in if you're on the road. Cross country, men's
0: and women's top five and higher, they're going to the NCAA regionals. That is November
1: tenth in Lubbock, Texas. They're and they're hey, they're thinking hey, somebody's got to step up, but let's go win a national championship. That's how good these two teams are. Man, everything's going on on Friday. I know. So my question for you, though, Dave, is you mentioned that beautiful sunshine. Um, So now if we can switch and somebody else can come call the basketball game on Friday, would you rather go to Orlando and call the women's volleyball game and have some sun? Uh, it sounds delightful, but we're not missing that. Okay, good. That just checking. Just checking. Now, ask us that question sure on a post-game right.
0: show Saturday night out at the stadium. <laughs> when we have hypothermia, I might give you Yeah, I was just seeing I if your head answer. was in the right spot right now. I was just making sure. You hey, the, the baseball schedule came out uh, since we were last together. A couple of dates that we want to throw at you.
1: Yeah, season opener February 16th uh, through the 17th and the 19th. At uh, the Major League Baseball Desert Invitational, right?
0: I don't know who they're playing, but they're going to get a bunch of games in there. The home opener might be chilly, February 29th against Gonzaga. You know, sometimes we have like two feet of snow like this last February. Exactly. So
1: (laughs) it's on the schedule for a home game. There you go. Um, Big 12 opener at West Virginia, March 7th through the 9th. All the series, right? And the Big 12
0: home opener is against Houston, Uh, the next week, March 14th through the 16th, uh, big 12 baseball is going to be like big 12 basketball. It's legit. It's going to take a while. Yeah,
1: it's legit.
0: So, So, uh, when we say it's going to take a while, that means there might be a few losses. The building, when you're building something, there's, there's, there's more losses in the building than the build, Right.
1: And sometimes you do things in the short term that you just go, this may be a struggle this year to get this integrated, but we're doing this for the long term.
0: Right, let's roll out with on this day, November 7th. I can't believe we're even in November, and it it's kind of depressing that there's only three regular season football
1: games left. It's crazy, but here we are. Football's gone too fast. They, you know, what three regular season Austin said he'd be thrilled if they get one. Yeah. I'll be happy if they get one. Um, I want him to get two. Yeah, I want uh, him to defend two. defend the stadium. I want him to get them at home. Don't lose at home. Okay, on this day, November 7th, 1916. Jeanette Rankin becomes the first woman to be elected to Congress, a Republican from Montana. On this day in
0: 1943, the Giants and the Lions tied zero to zero. It's the last scoreless game in NFL history.
1: Because they have overtime now, right? Yeah. But that's still a long now time. They ago. have
0: ties, but this was zero to zero.
1: Oh, 0, zero tie. There you go. Yeah. Nineteen seventy two. Joe Biden is elected to the Senate in Delaware. Nineteen seventy two. He's still seventy two.
0: That's a long, that's 51 years, right? Yeah,
1: 51 years. I'm not even going to say. Yeah,
0: 1976, Gone with the Wind debuts on NBC. Frankly, my dear, became the line of
1: all lines. 1991. I remember this day. I remember it too. Magic Johnson announces he has the HIV virus and retires from the Lakers. Have you watched the, is it a Netflix or is it an ESPN? I can't remember which it is, that whole, wow.
0: I remember uh, reporting on the news, and and it was just a surreal thing because yeah. magic was in his prime. Yep, and uh, and then and then he was gone from the game, and and then uh, and now he's very much in the game. Now yeah, he's in ownership, and
1: it's interesting that we we knew so little about it. Yeah, back then it was just like, what is it? like? I remember just thinking, what does this? It even was like mean? a death sentence. Yeah, what does it even mean? Is he going to die? Like, what's going to happen? And uh, you know. The things happen, and then the world's, and especially here in the United States, education around HIV uh, accelerated at a crazy pace because of Magic Johnson's situation. Yeah, absolutely. So, so
0: on this day, November seventh, I also remember this from the news. It was election night, Bush against Gore, and it ended without a winner. That's right. And then it went on for. Ever and they're counting hanging Chads and oh, this and that. It was, hanging Chads. Finally know hanging decided. Chad
1: until that. <laughs> I,
0: I I had a new respect for everyone I knew who was named Chad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Supreme Court uh, helped decide that one for President Bush, but I just remember it being so surreal that Election Night had come and gone, and we and, didn't have a. President. And then a week passed, and longer, and then they met, and uh, uh, and then yeah, on yeah,
1: this crazy. night, that's when that all started. Birthday is for November 7th. Yeah, let's start with 1728. Captain James Hook. Oh, is it that one? No, it's Cook. Oh, Cook, dang it. Hook? <laughs> it's J- Captain James Hook. Hook was a terror on the, the hook, seas. Hook, hook, hook. No, <laughs> James this, is, Cook ja- was this the... is James Cook, the fantastic explorer. Explored Australia and the Pacific Islands. Dang. I was hoping it was James I Hook. I know you were. Although he's not real. Billy Graham
0: was born on this day in 1918. He did a whole lot of good. Tomorrow, we'll break rank here. Tomorrow's DJ's birthday. Happy yes, birthday, it is. DJ. DJ, getting you know, a wise guy shout out. I'll,
1: I'll call. I have a special song for you tomorrow. that I'm going to sing for you.
0: November seventh, deaths. Yeah,
1: 1908. Butch Cassidy.
0: You know he was a he was a, 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 he re- a he was a bad guy, but he was a Utahan.
1: Yeah, did he really? I don't know. And that, they talk about that shootout down in South America. I think he got out of there. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of mystery yeah, about Butch. So, but he used to run around Southern Utah. <laughs> yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt, 1962, 1962
1: and in 2011. Joe Frazier passed Smoking Joe
0: Frazier. I interviewed Joe Frazier on our morning show in Vegas back before he passed, and uh, what a boxing career Joe Frazier had with, with all those guys. Our Wise Guys Inspirational Quote of the Week is actually going back to Basketball Commit Brooks Barr, kid out of Dallas, me. who uh, committed to the Cougs on his national broadcast announcement, and then he's expected to sign tomorrow. He's going on a church mission, then he'll be here. Here's what he said. So
1: and in context, remember when Austin Collie said, you need some guys that just say, give, just give me the ball and I'll make a play. And he, used to, and he said, I'm not saying I'm one of the guys, which he was. This is what I want in our recruits right here. I'm going to take BYU back to the big dance and we're going to win. That's what I came here to do.
0: Brooks Barr, the inspirational quote of I mean, the
1: week. Basically saying, give me the ball, we're going to win,
0: which I love. <laughs> Shout out about our big announcement. Uh, Wise Guys is moving to Monday night, and we're going to stay there. On December 4th is when we start on Monday night. The Big 12 basketball schedule is going Saturday, Tuesday. Wise Guys is going from Tuesday to Monday, and then we're just going to stay there forever. So please adjust your life. Tell your friends. And I like um, how you're
1: asking everybody to just adjust. Do their I life. just adjust, adjust this. your life. Be with us on Mondays, and
0: please. It, and it, and I, I think it's going to work out better anyway. But um, you know Tuesday, Monday night is is uh you know you have it's like family night. We'll just bring everyone together. Yep. yep. And then um and then we'll be ahead of the week and also fresh from the weekend. And that way we'll be in a better spot to answer more of your questions.
1: Yep. Hey, let me remind you about Dave's book that's out, available today at DeseretBook.com and all Deseret Book locations. Also in the BYU store, Amazon. Uh, It's C is for Cougar. It's a BYU football ABC book. Everybody needs to learn their ABCs. I'm not in the book. You know who the first person was to get a book? Me. Yeah. Because we opened it. We had the grand opening here, and I took one, and you signed it. <laughs> uh, we
0: got word from uh, a couple of folks that Amazon sold out. So, uh, DeseretBook.com is where they got their book. Um, and we'll see what Amazon's going to do to get some more. Um, maybe they had two books, and they sold them in the 70s. Yeah, no, this out. is
1: a great, like we call them, like a coffee table book. Like people will come in, and if that book's on your coffee table, they'll pick it up. They'll go, uh. and 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 they'll start reminiscing. Yeah. And as, as James Earl Jones said in, uh, uh, in his great his great line, the memories will be so thick they'll have to wipe them away from their face, <laughs> right? That's true. The field of Dreams. Remember when he said that? People yeah. will come, Ray. They will come. If you put this book on your on your coffee table, people will open it up and read it, and they'll bring mem- memories flooding back.
0: Ruthie says hers is on the way, and uh, sweet, it's kind of cool to see. I, and I think people will will eat it up. Uh, it's it's what people love. It's BYU football and
1: uh, the alphabet, which we all need. Yep. Hey, next week, Max Hall. Um, ahead of the Oklahoma game, you have to have Max. You have to have Max. He took Oklahoma down. Can they do it again? Max will tell us what it take. And then BYU baseball legend Wally Joiner.
0: That's going to be fun. Love having Wally on. He's going to be fun. Great, great stories. Now that baseball's in the off season and the Cubs have a new manager, so we'll see if that's uh, we'll see, we'll see if that's going to be the difference maker. So the podcast will be up tomorrow. Please share it with all your friends. Tell your friends about Wise Guys and bring them uh, next Tuesday night, and we'll have a great Q and A. I think we got to more questions tonight than we got than ever before, and this is really the the genius of the show is to flip the live switch button and and talk about what everyone's talking about.
1: Yep. And we, you know, we're lucky we we get to watch the all twenty two coaches film. We we get to talk to folks and find out what they're trying to do, and we covered an Afr. But we also, if you have questions, we're we're going to answer them here. We've got. We're going to bring guests on that have great insight, so mm-hmm.
0: make sure you join us. Hey, David just said he bought two books from Amazon, so maybe Amazon found nice. the other box. Thanks, and so Thanks, David. So Friday night, Blaine and I will see you on ESPN Plus uh, with BYU and San Diego State. Great game. Pack Marriott Center. Uh, lots of hope and optimism from both sides yep. as they collide. And then Saturday, we're back together. We'll
1: see you at 6 Eastern. No. Oh eight eight eastern eight eastern six Sixth
0: mountain man we had to think about a pregame game show there's there's we'll uh, there's right there thanks dj eight eastern on espn plus and byu tv yeah, for our two balls. hour pregame show aiden robbins is gonna sit down with us mm-hmm. had a great interview with him uh bronson kafusi is gonna join us so fun uh, we had him a on a production analyst. call with
1: us today he's gonna be fun
0: yeah and uh and then the game is on ESPN, and then we've got the live postgame show. East Coast, sorry, but we're going to be on the post game show until like 2 a.m. Yeah. And, and you'll see our faces blue. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to be cold outside be cold. at 2 a.m. But, hey, we'll these, be there are the, for you. these are the week of weeks. We're going to take it for the team, and then we're back here next Tuesday night to yeah, break and, it all down. Hey,
1: thanks for the shirts. Thanks,
0: Talbots, from,
1: from uh, the Austin these are nice. alumni group. Dave and I always love swag.
0: We'll wear these we with keep, pride. We,
1: my, my wife and girls are like, merch, merch, merch. Like, keep keep the merchandise coming. Brenda uh, put in the chat. Merch, merch, merch. They love merchandise, my girls.
0: And we love uh, Cougar fans all over the world who uh, found some
1: time to spend with us. Hey, and shout out to my uh, my daughter, Nicole, who is two and a half months pregnant and just completed the New York City Marathon yesterday or s- Sunday. Congratulations, yeah, she, Nicole. She ran Boston and New York in the same year. How cool is that?
0: That's cool. And she must have a cool doctor. Says, yeah. yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, the doctor just said, you run every day of your life. You don't stop just because you get pregnant. And I bless this. Go ahead. Go run the marathon.
0: I'll be honest. If I was pregnant, I would stop running. It's a good thing you're not pregnant. <laughs> yeah. because was... But if
1: you were, somehow we could make some money off of that. But anyhow. <laughs> We'd have a different book. Yeah, it'd be a whole different deal. All
0: right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, See, you See you next week.
1: Thanks, everyone. See you next week.